Internet, what is up? I hope everyone had a fantastic weekend. I am so excited for this podcast because on this episode of the podcast, we sat down with my great friend Kelsey Sharon and her amazing husband, Brady, who's way cooler than she is actually. Way more fun to talk to. The podcast with him is probably going to be actually be better, um, but that's no big shock um, because, I mean, she is just a girl after all. Anyway, it's a barn burner, and I think you guys are going to really enjoy it, so I won't waste any more of your time, and we will just get right into it. Enjoy. Here. I pushed the record button. I did the record button ambush that Andy stumped Tommy. Oh, well, that's fine. I also got a beer. I got an IPA back in the haze from Melvin, my favorite brewery, <clears throat> for this mission because... <laughs> I'm a mission? Fantastic. You're a lot to deal with. I'm a lot all the time. I mean, we we burned through three hours on your podcast relatively quickly, so... <clears throat> we could have went much longer. I think that's why you're going to have to come back on because the response we got was was good. It was good. I mean, didn't you, you said I was your second most downloaded podcast ever? Currently. I'm going to have to work on number one. I want, I'm coming for, who's the guy that got number one? Seb. He's the uh, RCMP retired ERT uh, sergeant major. He sounds amazing. He has a mustache from the gods. You know what we should do? What? I should come up and you should put him and I on the podcast together. We have three mics. We should so do that. So I. Because the stories that dude has, fuck. He and. I think he was in the military. Was he in the military before? That's horrible because I can't remember now. I got to think about that. Seb, Seb, Seb. For one, for some reason, I want to think, say he, he was in the military before as well. Um, but he's a, his shirts are so tight. He kind of reminds me of like, um, what's the guy, Will Willis? Do you ever watch, do you ever see that show Forge and Fire? Did yes. you ever see it? Yeah. You know how tight Will Willis's pants were all the yeah. time? That's how Seb's shirts was. So it just, <laughs> He he looks like he should be some big famous dude. Like he, the stature of him, but also his leadership qualities. Like legitimately, he's a he's a good person. He's a very good person, at least from what I know of him. Yeah, well. Yeah, we should do that as soon as Canada's done being cunts about their border COVID issue. <clears throat> I will, I will come visit. Well, and I we think can... it's I think it's the first. I mean, they change it so often, but I think it's the first if you have a vaccine card to show. Or leave it there. Then you can, like, don't quarantine. Sweet. Awesome. So here you are. I'm here. You said, fuck you, Canada. And as you are (laughs) so prone to do, which I love, I love, I think you would have made a fantastic American revolutionary. Fuck fuck the crown. (laughs) Fuck fuck the queen. Fuck the crown. You're putting words in my mouth. (laughs) You know that. And everybody else does because we all know you. Um, It's not so much fuck Canada. It's more fuck what's going on and how it's being handled and how poorly the leadership qualities are right now. That's what it is. I mean, I went and served for that country and I'm proud to it, but right now it's, a re- they're making it a serious, oh, they're making I mean, it no. a struggle. I'm going to say fuck Canada because the people kind have bit, bear yeah. some responsibility in standing up and not letting they the do. government do what the yeah, fuck they do. is going on right now. And so, I mean, that's one of the things that I love about the United States and people will get a hold of me all the time. They'll freak the fuck out. What you, the, the gun thing is the latest hot topic and I am super pro 2A. Of course I am. America was founded on guns and alcohol. Okay. And I love that. I love that story. I love that we fucking threw 
tea in the harbor and said, fuck your mother <laughs> to the crown. And we, Ruthless. 3% of us had the balls to fucking pick up arms and go against the world. The, at that time, the world's superpower. Right. Which rapidly approaching fucking what my friends in the UK refer to as tr- Trader's Day. Mm-hmm. The Trader's Holiday, treason, treasonous holiday, <laughs> which is July 4th when we fucking kicked your ass. I mean, I love you, Mike Newman and Tom Hardy. Like, you guys are great. Don't ever... You, my brothers you in the UK are amazing. Shut your fucking mouth. You get Tom Hardy's fucking name out of your mouth. I mean, he's he's awesome. He's, he's a gorgeous human being. I mean, I wouldn't have sex with him, but I do like his. Because you're that's that's a mistake on your part. He's he's a he's a fantastic actor. He's a I lot love, of things. I love all of his shit that he did all the way from Black Hawk Down. Oh yeah, back in the day, did a lot of see- people don't know that he was in Black Hawk Down. He was in Black Hawk Down. Did you see him? Oh yeah, it was. Did you see him in Band of Brothers? Did you know he was in Band yes, of Brothers? Yes, he's in Band of Brothers. Yeah, a lot of people didn't know that either, though. Yep. Same with like uh, David Schwimmer from mm, Friends. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was in that too. He was one of. The, he was a cunt officer. Yeah. Well. He he did such a good job. I've heard he's a nice, pretty nice guy in real life, but he did such a great job playing that fucking asshole. There's officer, some- which I've. I mean, I'm sure we both have had our run-ins with asshole officers. <laughs> I've you know I've uh, had a couple situations, but for the most part. For me personally, I've had some good officers. Um, it's difficult though because when when you work in different units, it's it's just very dependent. I find if you work with in a in a regular, say, infantry unit, you're going to get officers that are new that just don't know their head from their fucking ass, and then you're going to get officers that are maybe battle tested a little bit just because they've been active war for a certain amount of time. Just depends on the unit you get. Right. I think I think there's good and I think there's bad, and I think there's just straight incompetent, and they just wanted a university degree. Speaking of incompetence, Biden's policy on fucking Afghanistan. Oh, okay. I'm. I mean, hey, the Taliban just took back fucking Mazar. No, and here's the thing. No, I'm no big deal. No, I think it's wrong. Um, I know very. I, it's hard for me to talk about stuff I don't know 100 percent about, but I can say from based off of the information I do have and what I've been able to gather from the people I'm around who do have information on, on the ground i.e. your face and others, it, it's wrong. It's just not It's just not well thought out. It's poorly planned. It's lacking leadership again, and it's being done for the wrong reasons. And nobody in their right mind thought that the Taliban would actually stick to a logistics plan that's signed by the government of the United States. It's just not going to happen. You can't, you cannot go over and do what we have done to that country for what, 20 years almost? Yes. 20 years. You can't do that and then expect them to actually follow through on like a signed piece of paper. You're out of your goddamn mind if you think that's going to be a reality. The Taliban have never negotiated. Well, I don't know why they would have now. Right. They're not. They're lying because in the Quran, (laughs) it's completely okay to lie to the infidel. That's like the only time too. Yeah. Yeah. So it's okay to lie to the infidel if you're... If you're lying to them, you, you can lie to the infidel. It's fine. You can lie to them. You can cut their head off. You can rape them. You can do all the most horrific things to them because they're non-believers. And this isn't just, this isn't a blanket statement about Islam because that would be inaccurate, but it's a blanket statement about Islamism. Islamism. And about, uh, you know, the Sharia law aspect and is- Islamic fundamentalism. Like they believe that as long as you're an unbeliever, they can do whatever the fuck they want. And so lying to you is definitely in that playbook. They, they're not obligated by the Quran to tell the truth if you're, if you're an unbeliever in that particular 
particular sect, that particular would lane I, of, of Islamic fundamentalism. What I don't understand, and, and truthfully, I, what I don't understand is, this is going to be horrible. The, the one person that was actually able to get into the table, that was just kind of overlooked. And I think that's a bigger conversation. Um, I think it's impressive that the conversation was able to be a, be had at all. But the idea that anybody would have fallen through with that and, and actually stuck to their word after you've just raped and pillaged, you know, we resources, I mean, rape, like resources and everything out of these countries. And you think that these people are just going to just all of a sudden drop their guard and do it. I just don't understand the stupidity level and the people believing this wholeheartedly that this is going to happen. It just makes me frustrated because it's the perception that's being put out to the public about what they're doing and why they're doing it. And then what the actual reality is of what they're doing and why they're doing it. And it drives me nuts that those two are never the same. You can never, it, it feels like every time there's movement in, you know, um, helping another country or like ending an actual war or participating in a way to make things better. And then there's always like an alter, 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 oh my God, ulterior motive. And what drives me nuts about that is it's every fucking time. There's just, we're never doing anything for the right reasons. We're just never actually doing what we're saying we're going to do. And it's constant and it's been going on for 20 years and nobody questions it. And I don't like it. And it drives me fucking nuts. Does that make any sense? Yeah, it absolutely makes sense. It's okay. why, what, but we're part of the problem. Oh no, absolutely. We're part of like hundred and fifty percent. We're part of like what I call the self-licking ice cream cone thing, where you perpetuate your own problems. We're completely re- accountable for that because we continue to hire and elect people that should not have any leadership authority whatsoever. I feel like if zero. You, I feel like if you're going to going to try to run a country um, from a well, the private sector, obviously you've had to have previous experience to be into that. So you're already somebody who's adopted a certain type of skills and, and leadership and understanding. But the people that we ask to come in and run the countries and do the things, they don't have to have any skills at all. And I feel like there should be a base minimum that you have to have in understanding so that you can actually do the job properly. But there's a lack of oversight, it feels like. People can just do... what. Anybody can join. Anybody can try to run for Senate or anybody can try to run for parliament. And that's, that I feel like is a problem. I feel like there should be some type of screening or education system that you have to have because we're perpetuating bullshit continuously and it's never going to get better if we don't improve the system that we are trying to bring people into. Do you know why the military is the best template for learning leadership? Educate me. Because in the military, depending on what facet of the military you're in, you have to lead people potentially to their death. Fair. So in order to learn how to do that properly and effectively and efficiently, you have to be, you have to have some, you have to learn it and then you have to have some talent for it. And you have to learn, um, what's the best way to angle this? The, it, you just have to, when you're, when you're trying to convince people to charge a machine gun nest, Right. And people trust you enough to do that. Mm-hmm. That's a level of leadership that cannot be re- replicated no. in the civilian world. So not only do we have problems with like people that just have no leadership ability whatsoever or no experience in leadership ability at all, mm-hmm. th- leadership period, 
they show up, they get elected to these positions, and now they're leaders, and now they have these huge responsibilities to lead in these really critical capacities. And they, they have no tacit experience in any of that. But what I want to know is why are we, why are we allowing that? If, if, and I say we, I mean, why is Canada and the United States allowing that? Why isn't there somebody speaking up and saying, listen, we want more from our leaders. We owe the people more from our leaders. We owe them somebody that knows how to lead, do it properly, do it effectively and efficiently. Why, why aren't we asking that of our people? Why is that too hard? Why is that not enough? Like we are just, are we just unwilling because we think we're not going to get enough candidates? Is it because we think that people are just, they don't care enough? Do you think that the public isn't owed that? Like, why can't we ask more of the people that are going to be running our countries? That's a great question. Like I'm completely appalled that we elected Joe Biden. Joe Biden was our best foot forward. You got people like Tulsi Gabbard, who I would have oh, voted see, for. I would have voted for her. In I would have voted for her in a heartbeat. I'd love to talk to her. She got alienated by her own party. Why was that? Can you give me a little bit? Because of she's very outspoken about like supporting the Constitution of the United States. Like, yes, she's a registered Democrat, but she believes in the Constitution, and she's not in line with the progressive socialist theme that now is that the democratic party is morphed into. So now what you're seeing is a departure of like where she was at, where she's at as a, as a traditional Democrat, yep. that, you know, uh, to where the party's going, which is to that Michael Moore psychotic level of fucking socialist craziness that the democratic party's turned into. And because that's, who's controlling the, the party and pulling the strings, they, they 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 um did a good job of putting her in a box and like not paying her any attention at all when and and it's funny to me she like she crushed she crushed um Kamala Harris in every debate they did like smashed her well cuz she's very educated and she has a leadership quality that some don't I mean she just ha- yes I mean she's you're been absolutely right in yeah in active duty she mm-hmm. is a veteran she has served I for I know and I see that's this is where I get iffy about me talking about this stuff because I don't know enough but what I do know of these people is that she seemed like she had her head on straight and for me that's enough Well if I'm not mistaken she was a trauma nurse and deployed and got some blood on her hands and yeah. so when you've had other humans blood on your hands in whatever capacity like you're trying to save them or you you are trying to end them Mhm you you're changed forever as you know mm-hmm. and you have that having that understanding of the gravity of the responsibility and delegating people to either go safe life or take life is paramount and we what we have is these elected leaders that don't have that experience level mm-hmm. and they don't understand what it's all about i mean our fucking president right now can't even fucking form a sentence unless he's reading it off of a goddamn card. So like he doesn't even know where he's at half the time. I don't watch the news anymore. So I don't see anything. I hear what I hear and I am not, I don't, I'm not a Democrat. I'm not a Republican. I don't have enough information to be either. I know what I stand for and those things could fall on either of the spectrum. I'm just more of a, I know what I like and I believe in and it could be from one side. It could be from the other, but in Canada, we're not, we don't have the same type of thing going on that you guys do. So we have, we got our own, our own system that I don't even understand up there because frankly, I do my best to understand it, but it is time consuming and psychologically fucking damaging 
to constantly be listening to the bullshit that is getting spewed by both parties because it's always so fucking negative on a regular basis. I just want to have productive conversation. I want to have like positive movement forward for conversation. I don't, I just, I struggle with the level of stupidity that people are just absorbing and thinking it's acceptable to then, you know, regurgitate to others. I, I just struggle with, I get it's free speech. You guys have that here. We have, we talk, we can talk, Mm -hmm. but we can get in trouble. Like you guys can't get sued for things. I'm pretty sure if I'm not mistaken, there's been comedians who have been sued for things they've said in Canada because people are sensitive. And you know, the difference is we just aren't, we don't have the same rights as you guys do. That's we okay. just don't. We're, we're little bitches down here too. There's there's people that are little sensitive bitches. I experience well, people, it all the time. Well, people are sensitive bitches all over the world. There mm-hmm. is just a subset of that, in, you know, type of person. But I think there's a difference though when it's your right and written into what you do mm-hmm. and how you live your life that is you know, not valued in as many countries or is overlooked in other constitutions or, you know, charter of rights, for example, like we just don't have some of the same stuff. And so for the, the way that our country is run, you know, I just, I, I question a lot of things because I think we're not being given, you know, enough freedoms in certain aspects as you guys are. But at the same time, it's difficult because for me to truly talk about that in like, um, in any sort of educated way, I should pay more attention to my own politics. But at the same time that those politics make me want to rip my fucking hair out. So I'm on this, I'd like catch 22 thing where I like want to educate myself more, but I also want to like shoot myself in the face when I hear Trudeau talk. So I'm not really sure where to go with this and how to, and how to frame that on how to have conversations about it. No, I, I completely understand. I'm not, I'm not by no means an expert in our political system. And the nuances that it, you know, it contains, like it's been going on for, I don't know, 245, 246 years ridiculous now. amount of time. Yeah. So uh, that's the other thing too, is people constantly will approach me and be like, you should run for Congress. You should run for an office. There should you be should. more vets. There they, just should. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. However, politics is a slimy, shitty fucking institution filled with all <laughs> kinds of corruption. Yeah. So, I mean- it, I always laugh when like people are talking about corruption in other companies or c- other countries. We we taught the world how to be corrupt. We <laughs> we taught them how to do that. So well, you would know. We taught them how to put bureaucracy layers and layers of bureaucracy in place. So it, it to me, it's um it's a thankless, shitty job that I really don't want any part of. But at the end of the day, it needs to be done by somebody. Some sometimes I sit back and I think about it, and I'm like. Well, what what if I did run for Congress? You would have to stop swearing as much as you do. I don't think I can get elected because I'm a f- motherfucker. <laughs> I, I think. I mean, I'm a son of a bitch, so I don't I don't think I can get elected. Because I th- I think the people would that would do oppo research on you would destroy your life. I mean, I don't care about that. No, I know, but I'm saying like, in order to be elected, you have to like check some boxes. Yeah. I feel like your boxes are like non-existent at this point. Right. Right. No, they are. Yeah. Like. I, I, I think if I did, if somebody could wave a magic wand and magic me into magic you, ma- if they You're could a magic child. me, yeah. we're doing that now. Yeah, yeah. If, if I could get magic, we're into, doing hypotheticals now. Right. Okay. If I could get magic into, say, like a governor job or a congressman or senator job, or even the president of the United States, like I. Oh, okay. We're going there. Yeah, I, I think I could do a, a pretty a pretty good job once I'm there. It's the shitty it's career the track to get there. 
and all the bullshit that you have to go through and survive and like it's just it's and the de- like the debates and the suits and the ties i mean yeah i would i would be bad at that you'd have I, to wear the pin yeah because if i had and like shave the beard probably i mean cut the never, hair it would never happen i mean i would i would trim it down to They'd a, probably make you cover your tattoos i mean i would yeah definitely have to cover my tattoos but uh-huh. it's fine i i could deal with the covering of the tattoos the shaving of the beard the nice haircut i could wear a suit what I couldn't do is stand on a stage while some fucking shitbag sits next to me and interrupts me while I'm talking. Like if I had to go through some of the debate shit with like people interrupting me, I'd be like, moderator, could you, Chris Wallace, could you hold on one second? And I'd walk over and I'd punch fucking Joe Biden right out of his loafers. <laughs> and then I'd be like, I'm sorry, Chris, could you repeat the question? <laughs> oh my the worst part is because I can see a visual of that. And that's what's terrifying. That's yeah. why you can't. I mean, I can't, I cannot deal with any disrespectful fucking nonsense at all. Like I try, I try to be as polite and respectful as possible Mm -hmm. to all humans, even if I disagree with them. Uh, And you're fairly fair. I think you, I think you give, I I think you're a fairly fair person. I mean, you're, you, you're very good at judging character. That's why I don't know. I don't know if fairness is, is it? I, I, objectivity. I like to be objective. I like to listen to both sides of the argument. Yes. And do my research, be as informed as possible on both sides of the issue, and then formulate my own opinion. Mm-hmm. And which I think is what we're, we've lost because the media just is great at like playing a puppet master and like fucking manipulating the shit out of everyone on both sides. Yes. And people will just, humans are stupid by and large. And so they will just immediately believe whatever is part of their cognitive bias. Like if they are on the right, whatever the right says is gospel. Whatever the left says is fucking lies and vice versa. And so I I just, I, I try and pride myself on being as objective as possible. And so, but you're right. I, I don't, the trek to get to an elective office, I don't think I would have the, I don't think I have the tact that's required to get to a public office because I have my bullshit fuses is, is like non-existent. So like the first time mm-hmm. I would have to deal with a political opponent, like lying about me. <laughs> if you fucking lie about me, that's I would bullshit. walk across the stage and choke you with your fucking tie until you lost consciousness. See, But that's why this is my point. I feel like you make my point. I don't even need to talk. I'm not, I'm listen, I'm, just here to be a pretend guest. I'm just going to listen to you. Right? <laughs> You're just going to be... Because yeah, here's, yeah, the, here's yeah. the thing, because I've yeah. interviewed you before. Right. So I, I'm i slowly learning what it's like to be on this side of things. So I struggle with that. So I'm just going to keep asking you things because then it makes me feel comfortable. I know. You've got two podcast hosts here that are going to like go back and forth with interviewing each other. Okay, no. I'm 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 starting to do what I dislike in podcasts. Which What's is that? Like commandeer the com- conversation. I don't of- think you're commandeering the conversation. I think you're doing just fine. I would tell you if you're coming during the conversation. I'm just letting you rant because I think you have valid points in some of those things. Well, let's back up because you're here in Wyoming. You're here I'm, in free. You're in a, I'm holding a gun. I know you are playing. I'm with, so happy. Pl- I don't edit. Alex can't edit this out. I'll be you're disappointed. Playing, you're playing with Alex's 320. It makes me really happy. I mean, it shouldn't because it's a SIG. Glock would make you more happy. But Probably, SIG, but also just SIG. holding a gun that yeah. I can have in my hands in a country that I know if I want to go shoot it out in the yard, I could do that. That'd we're going to do that as soon as we get off this podcast. We're going to go out we'll in the yard. We'll see. We got, I mean, we're, we're getting close on time. I mean, we'll be okay. We'll what see. time is it right now? You have a big clock. It says 2.27. Oh, we got plenty of time. Okay, cool. There's plenty of time. We'll see. I don't need to act. See, that's what I mean. I just don't even need to shoot it. Just holding it makes me happy. Yeah, that's called freedom. I, <laughs> I was sitting. It's called freedom. Hey, Canada. 
It's we have guns down here. It's called freedom. God. Here's the thing. I was sitting after when you were in here with Brady, I was sitting on the fence over there and I was talking to the horses and the trees and I was looking and I just literally had one thought. I was looking at the horses and I could hear like the water and I could hear everything and it was quiet. It just started to like lightly just, like drizzle, like just had that like runner's endorphin high and I was sitting there and I was like, this is freedom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just couldn't. I was like, it was so stereotypical though. It was such an American, like I had, I had an American moment. Good. I'm so happy that you had that. I know because I normally, America is for me, is it's it was for a while there when you guys were going like haywire with like school shootings and stuff. I was just like, can we just not? Like, can we just be nice? Like for fuck's sakes. It just really killed me there for a minute. And then you guys, you brought it back. You rel- And then you kind of had us get a blip there in weird moments in time. And we all witnessed a lot of things. We were, for a while there, people would make comments like, you live above the crack house. Like Canada is like, the top, you know, it's like the one house and, and then like the U.S. was like the crack house. I don't feel like they're lying. Well, I'm not saying they do, but I'm saying I also don't know everybody in America, so I can't judge. I don't think we're more, I don't think we're a crack house. I think we're more like a, I don't know, a pirate ship for like special ed. Oh, you aren't giving yourself enough credit. <laughs> Come on. You have good people. It's just dependent we do. on. Well, you do. Just not very many. Well, See, your word's not mine. It's just not very many. I didn't say that, America. America, I fucking love you, but let's face it, there's part of our our, our country, they're dumb as fuck. They're, we like, I wish we could have gone back to the Spartan days where we could just like, cull. Let's not do that to human beings. Purge, Apparently. can we bring, can we, can we legalize the purge? No, because listen. 24 hours of purging. There, there's like three movies already. The pur- there's like three purges. We don't need to add like a real life purge. Because you know what happened? Because this is what would happen. Let me explain to you. What I'd live happen. a really great life if that I, happened. Here's the thing. So you and every sociopathic friend that I know of, like you, um, you would all be the ones that would be left. Nobody else would be left because nobody else has as many guns as you and nobody else knows how to use them as effectively as you guys. So that's terrifying because then all that would end up happening is you would commandeer a bunch of women. Eventually, you would get to that point where you're like, we can do whatever we want. And then that mentality would click in and then shit would go sideways. And you know that. No, no. See, here's it. I would live a really great life because people would be too scared to come near my property before all the reasons you just mentioned. I, I wouldn't actively go out and hunt anybody down or kill anybody. But I you're saying just, you want the purge. That's what the purge is. Right. I want the retards to purge the retards out. That's uh-huh. what I want to do. <laughs> yep. Those. Yeah. I want all of the. I want all of the people that want to purge each other to go purge each other, and I'm just going to sit back. I'm going to sit back with popcorn. Okay. So wait. Hold. And you- a suppressed fucking m4 and i'm in my night vision so how are they getting okay popcorn okay but so you you have to set an example though right because if this is happening let's okay let's do some hypotheticals so if you if the purge is going to happen Mm -hmm. and it's happening and it's real and it's going down at a certain time you're gonna have to go pop some motherfuckers so they know who you are so they're like oh my god we know not to go on that guy's property because if you don't how are they gonna know who you are they're all gonna attack your property then you're gonna have to like set an example just saying i have people for that Okay, your minions shouldn't be doing that. Those people are not trained well enough for that. You're going to lose I mean, some of those if you right. do that. Well, they're expendable because well, they're minions. Not, uh, don't talk about Alex that way. No, Alex, is he's rapidly climbing the ladder quickly. He, I, you know what? I just think you should... He's past first phase of selection. I, like, I actually gave him an ODG email address. You see, and you should. That kid works fucking hard. That kid. He's not... I say kid. He's like, what? Three years younger than me? He's four 20, years. He's 28. He's four years younger than me. He's a child. He's a fucking child. I know. But he's, he's got a, so much runway in front of him. He's, I know. He's smart, though. He's a smart cookie. I'm like, come here, kid. I'm going to fucking teach you some things. And terrify you all and damage you all at the same time. 
his friends are so fucking mad at him because he is he is he's like ghosted them and he's like living his best life now he's living his best life but he's also he's also seeing the forest for the trees and like what your life is when you hang out with people that elevate you yeah 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 no i agree with that though and so he's 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 don't get i mean you've seen me fucking savage him so he you (laughs) yes you know i feel so bad i wish you ever wish everybody else could see it he's he's ruthless like it's like this kid has signed up for seer school without even like knowing he signed up for seer school i mean he's in a full-fledged selection he's not he's not fucking kidding he's putting this kid through the ringer and it i'm not gonna lie to you it's impressive if you had to put up with your shit that frequently that often you should see i mean <sighs> it's amazing because he's asian and so he has asian guilt stacked on top of really bad too stacked, stacked on top of everything else so when i just look at him this is all i have to do when he when he does something that that and I, I'll play mind games with him sometimes too, just because that's part of selection to build resiliency. But I will <laughs> sometimes look at him, even when he does something amazing, and I'll say, I'll, I'll hold my hand out and I'll pretend that I have a notepad and I'll mock right into my hand, candidate failed to meet expectations, and then I will just fucking turn and walk away from him. And that puts him in a place where he's like, I must work hard because of his aging guilt. I must work harder. And he does. He does. You don't need to do that to him. He's had enough guilt. He doesn't need any more brought onto his life. I mean, I just use tools that are already there to, to get the job done. You're No, you're using what you learned in the agency as a way to mindfuck him. He's doing what I need. And he's doing a great job. We talked about this last night. You don't need to be running people anymore. You're done. This is not part of your life anymore. He's going he's gonna, to he's gonna earn himself a, a great play, a great spot in the... In the company structure. He is. And I if think... If he stays on the track that he's on now, he's going to... I mean, you, you've already seen little little detailed things that most humans... We talked about this a little while ago. He does things that most humans don't even fucking pick up on. Like he's I've intuitive. He's intuitive. Very intuitive. And I've picked... I have... I've interned and I've hired and fired a few people already. And let me just tell you... Because you're like, impossible to please. That's why. I mean, some people call those standards. And we don't relax the standards. Even. It's not about, re- we know about, we don't relax the standards. Or do we? We don't relax the standards. Are we sure? Not at ODG. Your standards are the standards. Just other places? Mm-hmm. That's fine. Yeah. Like Relaxing na- standards. Naval gets, Special Warfare Group 1, where they like, no decide one killed to like, at relax all. standards to like, let females pass buds. No comment. <laughs> no comment. I mean, it's the SEALs. Listen. How serious can we take them? I don't know. I'm. I respect the seals. I have respect for anybody who can pass selection. I mean, they do. They're they're okay. They fuck up a lot of things. So speaking of seals, you're here Why? on a fucking whirlwind podcasting tour. I know. I'm really. I'm excited about. Okay. It. So tomorrow, where are you going? Going to clear hot. Cleared hot. I'm doing it. You're yeah. not going, but I am. Fuck you, Andy. <laughs> She did my podcast first. Hashtag oh clearly hotter. God. Oh my God. Clearly Don't, hotter. Uh, Andy, that's not at all how that went down. <clears throat> so I mean, that's it's, com- fine. it's completely how it went down. Don't worry. This episode, I'm, I suck at this. So he's, he's going to definitely get his episode of yeah, out I'm first. Yeah, I'm going to be out first. But when he listens to this. He won't listen to this. I mean, he probably won't. He won't. He's a fucking dick. I don't think he's a dick. I've never met him. I'll wait until tomorrow. Okay. I think fun. he'll be just It'll fine. Be Here's the yeah. thing. I'm not threatening to him. I mean, it's going to be a great podcast. I'm excited because he's one thing I will say about Andy that I learned from him. He's a master interviewer. Like he's what so th- fucking good at the art of the interview. And like, I, 
He didn't get to that by not like you. He's worked at it. He's done it a long time. Yeah, he's like fucking two hundred episodes deep almost. Like he he's balls deep. Yeah, literally. he he's a master of the interview. Well, do you think that? Do you think that people who were in in you know the soft community in some way, shape, or form, mm. do you think that it's because they've been taught skills of pulling information out of individuals? Do you think that has anything to do with it? Or do you think that it just takes time and practice and anybody who puts time and effort into it and consistency can then succeed as well? Uh, probably a combination of both. I know like Andy was an assaulter. So like we don't like as an assaulter, like it's, I don't know how much at a special mission unit, you, everybody specializes in certain things. So like the whole human aspect of like, you know, interviewing, collecting intelligence out of like human beings. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much exposure he had to that in his career. Fair. Because um, his whole job was to like put charges on doors and blow them and then go and shoot people in the face. That's fun. So I don't know what... I mean, I'm not saying everybody shoot everybody in the face, but I'm saying if you're... If that's your job. That's you should, your job. You can do that. You should be really good at it. You should be. So um, I know there's different special operations units that have different, you know, like... I know we have to run through some, you have to do some level of green berets. I know get exposure to, you know, intelligence collection, Marsoc Raiders get mm-hmm. exposure to intelligence collection. Um, not all special operations units do like Rangers. It's not their job to collect info. It's their job to fucking go kill humans. Well, AFSOC, it's their job to augment and go like either rescue people that have like flipped their boats over in the ocean or go be medics and like put patch bullet holes um, seals, amphibious monsters that like, monsters. I mean, they are amphibious monsters and they, their job is to frogs come, that will eat you. Yeah. Come out of the ocean and fucking annihilate everything in their path. Um, yeah, there's certain, every soft unit has their own, you know, capability and they touch on certain things. And I don't know, I don't know that, you know, I know they have seal units that are specifically designed for intelligence collection. Don't Andy don't, didn't serve in one of those, so I don't know that he his experience. I think it's just from him doing two hundred podcasts really, really well. Well, you learn as you grow. Oh, he's definitely it. learned around. I mean, he shared things with me in the past, that, you know, about his journey through podcasting. That I'm like, yeah, makes sense. And like, you know, I said, I just I'm getting ready to release episode one here pretty soon. I said, like, I suck at this right now, but the more iterations I put in and the more work I put into this, I will. I will eventually get to a point where I feel like I'm doing a great job. Why do you feel like you suck at this? Have you listened to any of your episodes back? Yeah. I mean, I'm a perfectionist. Okay. No, and fair. I mean, you just heard me podcast with your amazing husband and my new best friend, Basically, the person, like, I don't need to be here. This, like, this is now formality. You got, you got, I was, listen, we came for me and then you, you dominated him and now he's like your best friend and I'm basically what's left. I'm using you to get to your husband. I, that's, hey, listen. <laughs> I told you he was, I've been telling you for a long time. He's been, he's a fucking fantastic human and he doesn't talk about himself enough. And he's very humble. He's extremely humble. And, and I'm, that's one thing I love about him. But I also know that he, you know, he went from a career where he was up there and had that attention. And I know that he's in a different life now and he says he doesn't want it. And I, I truly think he doesn't want that attention, but I think, he deserves that attention, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. He's he's great. He's great. Him and I nerded out. I mean, his podcast is going to air before this one does. I don't but. doubt it. <laughs> yeah. There is literally no fucking doubt in my mind that my yeah. husband is going to be before me at this point. Yeah, and he's going to be back. It's okay. You might be coming back too. Actually, before... Oh, fuck you. I'm going to come back. I'm going to come visit you in Canada next. Since you guys made... 
you guys jump through all the little flaming hoops. We did the fucking hoops, bro. To come down here, so I'm definitely I'm definitely coming up. But there. also, I've made it very clear that I will be a regular on this show whether you like it or not. And that's because I want to bring my husband and son and Tally and Ben and I want to bring them here and let them experience what I've got to experience in the past. And where day. is here? Let's talk about here. Where are you at right now? I'm in Wyoming. Mm-hmm. It's pretty fucking great. Yeah. Not gonna so lie. I'm going to be really interested in your comparison of Wyoming versus Montana. I already know which the answer is going to be, but like Montana's got a few cool things going for it. We're there for like 30 some odd hours. We're mm-hmm. not, it's a quick turnaround. We're probably not going to get see much this time at least. Go to, you should definitely make some time to go to the lake. Go okay. to, go to, there's a beach in Summers that's like right on the very northern tip of the lake. Mm-hmm. There's a little beach. You can go swim in the lake down there. It's awesome. You should go see the, so you should go definitely see Flathead Lake. Okay. And then you should go to Bias Brewing, which is downtown, not far from the, uh, it's like a block, block east and a block south of the, uh, of the podcasting studio. Do you know them the same way you know the Japanese place we went to last night and all the girls in there? <laughs> no, no, I'm not. Was it, was I it mean, King Sushi? Is that where we went last we night? We went to King Sushi. In, in Jackson Hole? Yeah, we went to King Sushi. And who was our who was one of our servers? Um, I didn't know the server, but the but hostess. You, but you slept with the hostess. I did not sleep with the hostess. Not that's a, that's last a fabrication. Night. No, I mean, not at all. Zero. Oh, well, that's... No, that's, we, we didn't get so a chance to So here's the thing, it. everyone. Here's the thing. Let me... <laughs> let, no, there was let, no you shut your, shut your mouth. <laughs> here's the thing. Here's the thing. So... Bishop does this thing where he, um, because he worked for the agency, he he thinks that he's like impervious to this attempt at me just digging into him. But if you go and listen to the Brass and Unity podcast episode with Bishop that I did a little while ago, you'll learn really quickly that he he thinks that he's not getting things pulled out of him or he thinks that he's not being worked at all. But the best part is it's like I'm one of the only people that I think is able to do this. And he is really of the mindset. He's like, there's no fucking way. But it's obvious and clear if you were sitting here that I'm doing that. And it's easy. And that's what's terrifying to him. And so, yeah, I'll be here all the time. And yeah, I'll be calling it out you on your shit. So here's the thing. Last night we went to King King Sushi in um, Jackson Hole. And I made the reservation because he's like, this is where we're going. And what he didn't know is that my husband and I, we love Japanese food. We just don't like raw sashimi. And so he was bitching and bitching and bitching. And he was like, we can go somewhere else. We'll go somewhere else. And I'm like, whatever. We're not going anywhere else. I fucking like it here. And then I was like looking at some of these ladies. Shut your mouth. (laughs) I'm talking. And so, oh, I just did like a Kamala Harris moment. Like I'm talking, whatever that was. So good. And so I said, some of these people, like, they, he knows everybody in there. He walks and he buys around for all the chefs. They're, you know, drinking. And I'm like, this, like, something's going off here. I'm feeling like my weird feelies going, like, I'm reading something here. And he goes, oh, yeah. Yeah, I know her. And I was like, he goes, hers. He knows several in that building. Yeah, see that little nose flare you do that you don't <laughs> think you do? See, you think because you worked for the agency that other people who didn't do what you did can't read people. And that's like, the best part. Okay, let's be clear about something. I never worked directly for the agency. Never did work directly for the agency. Correct. Okay, that never happened. Never happened. People. But you did definitely sleep with some girls in there. I didn't sleep with anybody in there. Oh, here we go. I thought we had this discussion. There was. I didn't. Okay. You what happened is hung like, out with some of the ladies in we there. We were crushing on each other. We exchanged numbers and a date never f- 
materialized because she got back together with her ex-boyfriend. And then shortly after that, I got back together with my ex-girlfriend. And then I would take my ex-girlfriend in there to eat and she would serve us. And it just kind of created this weird, awkward little environment. But I didn't give a fuck. I don't care about that shit. Like you, I don't feel awkward. You can feel awkward. I don't uh, no, feel- I wasn't. Here's the thing. You're telling yourself you don't feel awkward. But I was reading the situation as if it was awkward because I could tell it was awkward. So just because you think it didn't feel awkward for you, that doesn't mean that's what it looks like on the outside. Just like your fucking face right now. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, let's clarify some things real quick. Okay. okay. Let's do this. Because you're, I'm, first of all, I'm going to crack this next beer so, open. I feel like you're so glad I got a speed reload. For yeah, this. but your speed Fuck. reload and you're only, what are we, we're 45 minutes in and you need a speed reload already? Yeah. Amateur. No, not amateur. This is the level of shit that I have to deal with from, from you. Well, obviously it's great to put up with because your ratings are going to be through the roof with this one. I know. But here's, uh, so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let me just ask you a question. Do you think you're able to read me like that because I let you? Mm. Because we're f- such good friends and we have like a level of trust, a really high level of trust. The trust tree in the nest. Where did we with meet space, at? Where did, where did we meet at? We met. Oh, we, do you want to talk about it? Fuck, I want to talk about oh, okay. it. Okay, well, let's talk about it. So we met at a retreat for veterans with Heroic Hearts, which is an incredible charity that is run by Jesse Gould. Great dude. And What's up, Jesse? He has gone out of his way to make sure that veterans are being looked after for psychological issues. And he has tapped into what so many are starting to realize is changing lives and saving veterans. And that's things like psychedelics. And so I was given an opportunity to go and do a retreat with Heroic Hearts at this place. And uh, it was an ayahuasca ceremony. And I got to go with uh, a bunch of vets and other people. Fellow vets. Fellow, Let's clarify. Well, okay. Like fellow vet. Yeah. Yeah. Fellow vets and other cool people. And we got to go and do this. And I got to have this experience. And it was life-changing for me. And so that's – and unfortunately, or I got put in between you and Griff from Combat Flip Flops. And so two people who had done ceremonies now and gone like literally balls deep into ayahuasca and it was my first experience. And so... So why do you think I was on your left and he was on your right? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Because you needed like, you needed, you needed guerrilla gangsters of psychedelics to, to monitor your fucking, to keep you... You needed it. You needed a right and left lateral limit. All well, I was told was Garrett put me there. There was a reason for that. Oh, okay. That was by design. Oh, okay. Do you and how how was that design? No, you know what it was though. It 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 was like uh because there were some other people there that were first timers as well. I think there was one other person. I think, was it just one? No, there was like three first timers. Oh, really? Who was the Air Force guy that does podcasting? I'm such so, I'm so fucked with names. Air Force guy that does podcast. Oh, you're talking about Josh. Josh, yeah. yeah. Josh on the other side. Josh was new. Josh was new. Armand, I think. Armand, was Armand new? I think he was. Okay. Are we allowed to be saying these people's names and calling them out? Because I don't know if they want yeah, them. Yeah, their first names. Good luck, internet, trying to figure out who we're talking about. It's going to be easy. Go on Instagram. You're going to say, look, you're such an idiot. Like, you did this for a living and you think it'd be okay. For You think people are going to find people off of first names? Yeah, I, I think it'd be really easy because you just wear, yeah. Anyway, go ahead. I don't follow any of these other people on Instagram. So like, you don't? good luck. And plus I have 7,000 followers. So good luck going through 7,000 people. Anyway, so Josh and Armand, and then who else was new? 
Oh, there's me. A, there's a so I was three. People. That's three. You were new. Yeah, I was new. Oh, uh, there's three. a couple guys on the other side of the room that were new too. Not Jesse, but the the not two Tim. Other. Not Tim. Who was next to Tim? It went Jesse. Uh, it went Iggy over here. You just got timed out, buddy. <laughs> Fucking dime. Shit. Okay, we'll we'll stop with the name calling. But okay, the, and then the other individual there, and then that individual there. So the other, I think there was three or four that yeah. were new. So yeah, we. It was nice to balance. Is that a fucking bird that just hit the window? Yeah, birds hit the window here all the time. Oh, that's terrifying. That's a that's a bad omen. No, it's not. Okay, cool. Um, Nothing's bad happens. It's just happened to me, yet, and I've watched like sixty-two birds die so far this summer. I feel like you're enjoying that too much. So we met there, and it was a three-day ceremony, and it was awesome, and it was weird. So I think partly yes, I think there's a portion of you that because I'm that group of people were in the trust tree with the nest and the safety and the comfortability and we all shared a lot of things that we might not have normally spoken about with other individuals, especially strangers. I mean, that was a fantastic, that was a phenomenal group of humans. It really was. <clears throat> and, and Griff, he is, Griff and Jesse both assembled that. So that was, a, yeah, that was a team effort. That yeah. was fantastic. And it was, um, it was nice to get the opportunity too, because I had, wanted to do that at some point in my life for just because I started to hear and started to read that it would help. And I was at a point where I really felt like I needed that. I needed that next step of help and I couldn't figure out what that was. And so my husband and I, like I told him, he knew we used to watch stuff about, you know, ayahuasca like way back and just like the accessibility to it and what, how you would do that. You would normally have to go to the jungle in the middle. I researched it for two years before I jumped into the pond. Did you? Yeah. Two years. I knew when I got the opportunity offered to me, there was no fucking hesitation. I did not, I didn't think for more than a second. I, I, I answered so quickly with such intent and like seriousness that mm -hmm. I didn't even at the time realize how like aggressively I said yes. Like it was, it was, it was subconscious. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't like a, oh yeah, I'll go do it. Like, yeah, I'll do it. No, it was like, yes, when, how, let me get there. And for whatever reason, the limited information I had on it, all I knew is that it was working for people. And so it was the same kind of like when I started using cannabis. I knew that for whatever reason, it was it could possibly work. And it was like an answer or like a, a light to go towards to try to get relief. And so when I got that opportunity, for me, it was very much a, like, there was n no way I was not going. And like, I, I, t I told Brady when I came home and I call I think I called him, I think I called him pretty quickly right after I had that podcast. And I said, listen, this sounds crazy. Just hear me. The guy I just did a podcast with offered me a place to go do this. Um, I feel like I really need to go do this. We need to make this work. Please be good with this. Cause like, I'm, I'm not a controlled person by any means. I'm allowed I'll say I'm allowed. I do whatever the fuck I want. And I have a very respectful husband who respects me in that way and doesn't try to push or change or do anything to make me feel like I can't go do what I need to do for me. And he's never stopped me. And so I knew when I called him, he was going to be like, anything that's going to make you feel better, go. I don't give a fuck what it is. I don't care what we have to do. We're going to get you there and we're going to get it done. And there was no questioning it. And so for for somebody who is just like, you know, or doesn't know much about psychedelics or what, you know, people are using them for or how they're being 
how they're being used in the veteran community and now starting to be used widely and studied, it was, it was like, um, it was like somebody threw me a life raft. That's what it felt like. That's how intense of like a yes it was. Yeah. And it was an awesome experience. It was, yeah, it was, it was You great. suffered pretty hard. Yeah, it hurt. Like it hurt. Mm-hmm. It hurt really bad. Yeah, I mean, people. Here's the thing: is like a lot of people are like, it's they, not like fun. It's not a recreational experience. No, you're dealing with, you're sifting through your life, and you're going through your trauma, and you're looking at it and analyzing it, and then purging it the fuck out. Like the like best violently. way I ever heard it described was by a guy uh, that did, you know, ayahuasca way before I did, and he was telling me about it when, it, and this was an early on. I think he was the guy that I talked to that got me interested in it because I'd never heard about it before. Okay. And so I started talking to him about it and he was like, when I did it and he went to Peru and went to the, like the head shaman and like Machu Picchu. Oh Jesus. He was like, he goes, when I did the medicine, I, he was like, it was like going inside myself and like looking at files of my life, mm-hmm. chapters of my life. Mm-hmm. And I would go through and analyze them. And then the ones that I knew were not serving me in a positive way, mm-hmm. I would just delete that file. Oh, so he would just take it. Like it was like a removing of yeah, the negative. Yeah, swipe left. He was like, swipe. swipe left. And so then he got to the point where he said he felt so light and free and wonderful the next day because he processed and purged mm-hmm. all kinds of tra- trauma that he had gone through in his life. And he was like, I feel sorry. He made he made the most impactful statement that he made to me when I was talking to him and like picking his brain on this is he said, I feel sorry for people that don't do this. I couldn't agree with you more. He said, for the rest of my life, I will do this at least once a year. Oh, I there is something that happens that is undescribable and there aren't words for it. We don't have I in my opinion, we yeah, don't you can't, have you we can't don't describe have it. no, we don't have communication. We don't have the level of intelligence to communicate what you witness you can do your best you know um is it uh gray alex gray that 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 artist yes he does a wildly he's phenomenal he's yeah he's brilliant artist and his are i have a wild story about that as soon as you're finished no no, go ahead no go ahead tell me tell me so my first ceremony that i did where we went yeah that's where i went for my oh that was your first one too and so i went and i didn't go with veterans i went with a a very diverse group of people that were wonderful. There were wonderful people. There were transgender people there. There were gay people there. There were all kinds of people from every walk of life there uh, in our group. And they were fucking fantastic people. And a lot of them, I think I was the only first timer in my group. And so I went there and I went to this group. It's rain. Yeah. No, I just looked. Okay. I I heard. When Brady and I were like doing our podcast, I like, I heard that noise too. And I'm like, what the fuck is that noise? And then I looked outside and like, it's steel. It's rain hitting Yeah, no, because the headphones, all of a sudden, you just kind of hear like a... Yeah, you hear this... I was like... Yeah, it sounds I'm like... like I thought it was maybe my mic or I was doing something no. wrong, and then I looked out on the water, and I saw... I was yeah, like, it's, rain. it's raining again. It's rain hitting the steel roof. I love it. The So anyway, I was the first timer in yeah. my group. And um, so during my first ceremony, my first time out, horrible horrible, horrible time. Like I struggled super hard with myself. Like I was fighting like all kinds of emotions inside. Um, my body turned translucent at one point, like, tr- like a blue transparent and I could see through my body. Oh, like I was a ghost, oh my- you know, I died. Yeah. Oh my God. And I was like, what the fuck? And then I saw this like smoke, like creature 
like th- with claws, like thrashing around inside my body and that trying to part of you claw. It's trying to claw its way out. And I was, I didn't know what to do with it. And I was like, and it was causing me like a lot of anxiety. And I mm-hmm. was like, fuck. And then as I'm sitting there trying to process that, our shaman calls mm-hmm. me up to sing to me. Mm-hmm. And so I go up and I sit in front of him. And what I noticed is that, cause I was like, I think I was the la- that first night I was the last one to go. Okay. I sat there and he sang over me for what seemed like fucking forever. And then he was like banging drums around me. It was getting it was And getting he crazy. was like shaking a fucking bell and like <laughs> there was, it was hard. And I just remember <laughs> sitting there trying to focus and it was so hard and I felt so beat down and I was just, it was horrible. And then eventually I had this moment of relief where I was like, whew, yeah, whew, yeah, I feel fuck I feel good right now that was that was really hard um you know it's like you know I could I can't describe like the the tension that I had in my body and then all of a sudden it was released and gone right without I didn't do that right it just happened yep and so then I went back to my mat and then sat down on my mat and then he our shaman closed out ceremony and then I tried to like lay down and go to sleep mm-hmm. and I was just like still my body like I felt I felt like there was I felt more relaxed than I did before but I still felt like there was like weird things going inside of me in terms of like um quick bursts of emotion like right. I'd be sad and then I'd be like I'd be smiling and then I'd be like I'd feel like um remorse and regret and then I'd feel happy and then like I was having this like I was going through this very quick cyclical, mm-hmm. you know, emotional state. And that happened throughout the course of the night where I just like tossed and turned and tossed and turned and tossed and turned and my brain wouldn't shut off. And it just like emotion after emotion after emotion. And then I think finally at some point, like I finally settled and it went away and then I did sleep for like an hour. Yeah. And then as soon as the sun came up and I like woke up and it was like six in the morning, I woke up and I was like pissed the fuck off. I woke up pissed. I'm like, fuck this. This was a terrible idea. I should have never fucking, I had a horrible attitude because why I, do you, why do you think? I don't know why. I just was like, these were the emotions that I was having. I was like, I feel run down. I feel tired. I was just, I was being a cunt basically okay, is what cool. was happening yeah. because I didn't sleep hardly at all. Standard. Being a complete cunt. And so I like slammed open the door to the fucking, you know, to the yurt. I walked down the stairs and I just stripped off clothes naked on my way I walked from the front steps of the yurt to the shower yeah and just stripped clothes I was naked before I got to the shower got that's in the shower not even that far that's the worst part there's there's an outdoor shower next to the yurt where we where we do our ceremonies I fucking ripped off my clothes I walked to the yurt or to the shower I get in the shower turn on the hot water getting blasted with hot water which was the worst thing you could do because it re kicks it back up again when you get in hot water i mean it felt great to me okay this cool. time i was like oh because you went back into it I so was maybe like, you uh, got the cranky out yeah so then i did feel a little bit better okay and so then i a- after a shower i felt bet- way better and then i went down to the kitchen but i was still a little angsty you know mm-hmm. and i sat there and i like people were coming in and of course cuz i was the fucking new guy and I was the guy that was like my first time. Everybody was coming in and they were patting me on the shoulder and they're like, how was it? How was it? How and was you your- just didn't want to be talked to. I didn't want anybody to touch me. I didn't want anybody to talk to me. And so I like had to super concentrate on like staying grounded and focused and not being a cunt to people. Mm-hmm. Like I had to suck my cuntism in and I had mm-hmm. to be like nice to people. And That's I was why like, it's hard to go with. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I was like, oh yeah, you know, it was a tough night. 
And so then this one lady who had, she's done like 50 ceremonies. She was like, she was this like old wise wizard. She's lesbian, (laughs) a fucking amazing human being. Like we had such a phenomenal talk. A great person, love her to death. Um, she like talked to me, talked to me about a lot of like her experiences. And she was like, this is, you know, very much normal for people on their first go around to like experience. Uh, it's hard. It's you're, intense. You've never experienced this before. So you released a lot of shit. And yeah. so like, you're, you're going to suffer from that for a little bit. She probably felt it too. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. Cause like, remember how, mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember like during our ceremony, I, I think it was after the first one. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was, it was one of the guys that actually said to mm-hmm. me, they're like, or it was the second night, but they're like, I felt some serious, like motherly, like stuff going on. And I was the only woman and it was, well, there was our other shaman that was in there too. And she was female. But for the most part, he's like, I could feel it coming from the side of the room. It was like this protection thing. Cause you felt like you wanted to like fix and protect everybody. Right. And that happens. And I think it's interesting if you're able to have a conversation with somebody who's been, who's dropped into ceremonies that many times, my God, like that's, I know what one time, one ceremony did for me. I can't imagine being 50 deep. I mean, she I would like was to phenomenal. at one point. She, the, the knowledge she passed on to me was great. So she got me calmed down. And so then we go into, I told her, I confided in her. And I was like, I had this weird smoke demon thing inside of me. And it was like clawing its way out. And like, it's fucking terrible. And it felt horrible. So we do, then we shifted into our group share. Yep. And so- our shaman was there for the group share. Oh, okay. He ran the group share when I went for the first time. And everybody's talking about their experience. And like, I was the last one to mm-hmm. go. And they were like, hey, so how was it? And I was like, frankly, it was awful. And I go, really? I woke up this morning and I don't want to do it again. Mm-hmm. And everybody started, the room, everybody broke into laughter. Everybody was laughing. And they're like, yep, that's your first time. <laughs> And so I was like, fuck. And I was like, I hope this gets better. And everybody's like, don't worry. It gets way, 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 way better. Yeah. And I was like, okay. So I'm sitting there and I was like, he, and our shaman, I almost fucked up and said his name. It's classified. No one can know it. Yeah. And so like he was sitting there and he, he goes to me, he goes, well, yeah, of course you had a hard night. He goes, what was the hardest part of the night? And I go, actually, when I like came and sat in front of you and you sang, yeah. He goes, yeah, fucking ain't right it was because I cleared this fucking smoke entity out of you that fucking took forever. Yeah. He goes, that motherfucker did not want to let go of you. Mm-hmm. So that's when I was like, oh my fuck. Was it like- Because um, it- I never told him. Yeah. So was it like Nobody confirmation knew. to you though? Yes. Yeah, it was okay. complete validation. Okay. It was validation. I'd, that's the word I was looking I'd for. I never, yes. I only said something to- the, To her. To her about it. Right. She was the only one in our group that I, and her and I had a sidebar conversation at the kitchen table on the far end. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So nobody, yeah, nobody, nobody heard, heard you. anything that we no. were talking about. And yeah. it was still early and nobody had filtered down yet mm-hmm. from the year because mm-hmm. it was still early. Right. So I had a great sidebar conversation with her and she was the only one that knew and she did not talk to our shaman before we had group share. Wow. And that was like the, f- so that was the first moment where I was like, motherfucker saw the same thing that I saw. Yeah, like I'm not losing it. That's real. It happened. I'm like, holy shit, that yeah. happened. Yeah. He saw what I was seeing. Yeah. I didn't tell him what I was seeing. But he Nobody knew. else to him told him what I was seeing. Yeah. But he saw what it was and he pulled it out of me. Because it's just no joke. It's no joke. And so then, um, so then after that, uh, the next night, 
was amazing. My second night, amazing. Like I felt peace. I felt love. I felt love that I've never felt. I can't even describe it. Like I felt like uh, a level of love and connection to everyone around me that I can't even, like it almost brings me to tears when I talk about it sometimes. That's what I try to explain to him. Yeah. It's a weird thing. And so I'm sitting there and I like see, I start to see like this fucking tree grow up in the middle of the yurt Mm -hmm. and then it like the leaves come out and it's gorgeous and it's got like these little golden flecks on it and then this garden starts to grow up around like a beautiful colored flowers around the base of the tree Mm -hmm. and then I start to see this like calligraphy that I've never seen before moving in columns and pillars and swirling around the tree (laughs) and I was like that's writing but I've never seen it before and so I'm like looking at this writing and I'm like these are fucking pictographs and and it's it's calligraphy and glyphs, glyphs that I've never seen anything like this on planet earth before. And I'm right. like seeing this thing and it's like swirling around this tree and making these beautiful colors and beautiful patterns. And I saw a lot more shit, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to completely go down on the road with it. Um, cause I want to get to the uh, punchline, which is the next day at group share. Yeah. I was explaining just what I said to you mm-hmm. about the first part of my like experience mm-hmm. and everybody started laughing again. They're like, we saw it too. And they're like, they're like, did it look like this? And I'd never known, I'd, at that point in my life, I'd never known who Alex Gray was. I'd never seen his art. I didn't know I anything didn't, about him. Until you know what ayahuasca is, you don't often know who this guy is. Right. You don't know who yeah. he is. So um, I didn't know anything about Alex Gray. And I was talking about this, these glyphs and these like, pictographs and he's like this writing yeah. and they're like did it look like this and one girl got on her phone and she like showed it to me Hold it up and it was what the fuck i saw <laughs> so riddle me this batman <laughs> how the fuck have i never seen alex gray's art didn't know who alex gray was mm-hmm. had this experience saw this saw these this, this writing mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden they showed it to me and it, that's what I saw. That's what I was seeing. I was seeing Alex Gray's art, his like calligraphy. Yeah. And Alex Gray, what he does, for those of you that are listening that don't know, like go search him out. I think it's Alex at Alex Gray Cosm yeah. On, yeah. on Instagram, on IG and look at his artwork. That's the kind of stuff that you will see during an ayahuasca. Those are examples of like what he has seen. He's, but, but keep in mind, not everybody sees stuff like that. Correct. So like you have to be, he's an experienced, he's done tons of ceremony. Oh man. Yeah. So he, you know, he sees, he's on a different advancement. You know, he's on a different vibration He's at a level. level. He's, he's way, he's on a different level. Yeah. yeah. He's like, yeah. So, yeah. you know, that's not, I don't want to say that's the typical thing because that's a terrifying thing to tell people and then them go in and then just actually see the darkness inside of them. It would make, it can crack some people. Mm-hmm. You have to be careful because it can actually damage someone's psyche if they are not ready to handle what ayahuasca is. It's not a, we talk about it in this way because it's it's such an honor to experience and it's such an impactful moment in your life when you do finally get the opportunity to see and feel and be a part of that. But when you talk about it, I think there has to be some type of respect to what it is and how powerful it is. And so I always am careful about how I talk about it because when you say it's like, well, you'll see stuff like that. It's like, you could see stuff like that. Or if you're not ready, you'll see some other shit that'll fuck you up. Yeah, if you've got, if you're like us and you're walking around with massive amounts of trauma from uh-huh. watching people get their fucking brains blown out, like uh-huh. you will, you will yep. have a, you, you will have a, 
You're going to meet some stuff. You will see some things and understand some things about yourself that you need to let go of, but you didn't know how to do it until this moment. Right. And then once that happens, once you let go of that and you process that and you go through that first event, that's when positive things start to happen. Yeah. At least that that was my journey. No, that like was I had similar. Horrible experience the first time. Second night, awesome. Third night was like introspective. Like right? it was all about love mm-hmm. and harmony and amazing things the second night. The third night was about introspective thought in like the work you need to do now. Yes. Mm-hmm. It was like it was more it was a curiosity it was a very introspective. It was like looking at all the angles, trying to understand and get your arms around like what was happening to you like, and how you were changing. She's almost tying it up in a little bow for you before right. you leave. She's going, listen, there's more, but here's what the takeaway from this opportunity I've given yes. you. Yes. Yeah. Here's your little velvet pouch of knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to take this out with, you're going to- tr- you're, Like a gremlin, take yes. the knowledge. Yes. You're going to take it and you're going to try and integrate it into your life. Right. And then you're going to come back and we're going to have more complex conversations. And she has those conversations and and people laugh at that. I, 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 I very often now preface my conversations when I start them with, this is going to sound a little crazy, but trust me, it's real. And I, that's how I start those conversations because very often people's very first perspective, um, sorry, the perspective they get from what you say to them is often, well, um, they don't either know what to do with it or they're terrified by it or they just look at you like you've actually lost, you've lost it and that there's something wrong and that you've, you know, it just depends on the person. I think most people, when you tell them at first, they they have a, depending on the person, they have a, a look on their face. <laughs> I don't know another way to describe it. They look at you like you lost your mind a little bit. I, it's it's so hard to describe, but it's such a distinct Mainly Christians. Look. Mainly Christians. I've experienced that mainly from Christians who cannot fathom that there's something outside the Bible and outside of Jesus that is a possibility for you to look at that will give you some spiritual grounding and like be another possibility outside of the King James Bible. I just want people to to have the opportunity to experience things like that for themselves so that they can make informed, educated decisions. And if they choose to believe in one thing over another, then that is their right and their freedom to do that. And I'm happy if it makes them happy. But I think what I'm most excited about is seeing psychedelics turn into a studied, open conversation forum where it's safe to have these discussions. It's safe to you know, be able to go and sit in ceremony and and use it as a positive aspect in your life. For so long, it's been so damaging to have conversations about LSD, M- uh, MDMA, psilocybin, ayahuasca, any of those things. You could never have those conversations. You go to prison. Because outsiders that have never done any of that stuff. Exactly. They the look laws. at it. They have these preconceived notions about, you know, and they have ideas about like hippies sitting around singing Kumbaya with headbands on doing massive amounts of LSD from like the seventies and like Woodstock and shit. And what they don't understand is like things have shifted now to where it's not a recreational thing. I can't stress that enough. Oh God, nobody drugs for me. uh, Cause I don't, I I don't do drugs anymore. Like, well, that's not completely true. I I will also a lie. Correct. But what I meant was like, I don't abuse drugs in a recreational capacity and I haven't since I was a kid. So like I So the damage was done early on and this is really what's wrong with Brian Bishop. No, no, no. I mean maybe. So <laughs> so Yeah, so basically like I 
you know, I only do this for self-improvement purposes because now I've seen the path and it's been enlightened to me and like how to utilize this as a tool for self-improvement versus like, hey, I just want to like get high, let go of my pain, get out of my body for a while and fucking not worry about, not stress out or have anxiety about like my real life. Right. And that's not what I use it for. And like everybody that I talk to that participates in ceremony regularly it's not that. It's not a recreational no. thing to just, it's not like drinking alcohol. You know, there's like, nothing. It's not like <clears throat> smoking cigarettes or like any other thing that we do as a stimulant or as a, you know, in this case, alcohol depressant to like feel good for a brief, temporary very small of time, temporary amount of time. <clears throat> and then like, then that's it. Right. And then you don't get anything out of it. Like, I drink a can of beer. I don't get, I enjoy the way it tastes. I like it. I nerd out on like brewing shit, but I don't like, I mean, I'm a straight up IPA snob, but I don't like, I don't get anything spiritually enlightening out of a can of beer. Right. Cause it doesn't, it's not designed to do that. I don't get anything spiritually enlightening out of marijuana. And like, I don't even. You haven't sp- meditated with it then now, have you? You got to do that. Try that. Try it in a different way. Use it. Try to use it like an improvement thing. Okay. I will. But I've You've used got it. a great spot. It right, is a great spot. Right, right over there. there by the water. I. I've used marijuana in the past to just, well, when I was a kid, like it was a fun, like get fucking high thing, recreational thing. Nowadays, like I turned to cannabis when I went to college in 2016 to like get rid of my anxiety because my anxiety was off the fucking charts. Like I had massive amounts of anxiety. I was starting to get agoraphobic. I did not want to leave my apartment in San Francisco. Like I was, I was starting to have massive problems and I can, I confided in my, Indian friend, Mike, who's one of my best favorite humans on planet earth. And he was like, bro, go fucking get some weed. He's like, it's legal. Go to a dispensary, tell them what's Mm -hmm. going on with you. They'll give you a strain of something that'll help you. And I, you know, I used it very sparingly, Mm -hmm. but like it was the training wheels to get off my prescription meds that the fucking VA had prescribed to me. And then I started sleeping really fucking good. And it took my anxiety level down to like not gone, but almost gone. Tolerable. Yeah, tall. To- super. I got functional again, mm-hmm. and then I used it for that brief amount of time that I used it for, and then I weaned myself off, just like I do with everything else, because I don't like being chemically dependent on anything. And so I got to a point where I didn't need it to sleep because I was sleeping just fine, and I didn't need it to fucking cure anxiety because my anxiety level had finally gotten down to a level where I was like fine. And then when I start to feel it spike again, mm-hmm. is when I would. F- go back and smoke a little cannabis, but I wasn't doing it like for a while. I had to like smoke every single day, right? twice a day to like get my anxiety levels to come the fuck down to a manageable level. Mm -hmm. So after that, after that, um, I was fine. And then, you know, I started to dabble a little bit more in psilocybin and like listen to, um, you know, um, Joe Rogan and he does this podcast. There's a guy named, fuck, I'm brain damaged. So I can't remember. Like Paul, Paul, somebody or other. He's a fucking mushroom scientist. Stamets. Yeah, thank you. Are you going to tell me that my husband's better than me for just nailing that? He's a fucking... Sidebar? Here we go again. Half this podcast is about you fucking telling me how much you love him. It's a problem. I mean, if I could be gay... Him could? Would... I'm pretty sure you are. I think that... Her, I think 
Him and Griff and I maybe should just start a gay commune together. Well, obviously, because both of you have fallen in love with him, and I'm, I'm struggling at the idea that I'm going to actually get the chance to leave the States with my husband. I feel like there's going to be some type of, like, he went missing. I don't know what happened. Sorry, I don't know what happened. And White then, van showed up. These dudes grabbed him. We haven't seen him since. And the worst part is because that's like a reality that could happen around here. It could. It He'll could. be on the couch right there. I know. He'll be delivered safely to that couch. Okay, well, yeah, and then you'll just hide him until I leave. Correct. Yeah. See, that's, so see, folks, it's really, this isn't, I'm not here. This is, I'm actually here strictly because he's obsessed with my husband. I mean, he's a great dude. I told you. So I started dabbling more in in psilocybin and then I started like viewing it more as a tool Mm -hmm. because when I was a kid, it was all about getting high. Okay. Now I was like self-improvement. Like I, like listening to Rogan talk to Paul and like him, like get down to the nuts and bolts and like talk about it, I was like, oh yeah, this has got some serious like nootropic effects. Like let's, because mm-hmm. you know, I have a TBI. You, you have a TBI. Enough of one. Yeah, enough of one. And so we, we, I want, like I've noticed my like mental cognitive deficiencies proliferate over the years as I get older. And I'm like, how do I stop this? How do I slow it down? Right. How do I get more, you know, back to like operating efficiently like I did when I was younger and like stay concentrated and like all the things. With brain function. So I started to really dabble with psychedelics a lot. And I noticed like once I was in the mentality of like, I want to use this as self-improvement and not as like an escape measure to get high to like be recreational. And then same thing with psych or uh, going to ceremony and doing mm-hmm. ayahuasca. Like it's a, it's a game changer. It's a fucking super huge game changer. But those two things that happened were so substantial where like one, I saw things that I'd never seen before that Alex Gray has been reproducing for years. Right. Was a fucking like, holy fuck. That was a moment. Moment. And then the moment where like our shaman was like, yeah, that smoke fucking entity that with the claws, I, yeah, it took me a long time to rip that out of you. He confirmed it without you having to say anything. I didn't even tell him what I was seeing. I only told her what I was seeing. Right. So the fact that him and I saw the same thing and never communicated that verbally mm-hmm. was a fucking huge eye opener. And I was like, oh, damn. Well, because there's more outside of just us in this, like what we're doing on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, it was basis. crazy. I mean, I was like, Houston, we've lost <laughs> pressure. We're <laughs> Bad things are happening right now. Houston, we have a problem. <laughs> it's you know what's really fucked up is because that's what it's feel like. That's what it yeah. feels like. You feel like you're because here you have a rational. Well, for me at least, I had a rational conversation with myself during ayahuasca mm-hmm. where I was like, "It's cool. Like what you're seeing, it's fine. It's fine that you're seeing those eyes in the sky. Like it's no big deal. Like you don't have to stress about it. You don't have to worry about that." And then the other part of my brain was going, ah! "Like it was." <laughs> you're <laughs> screaming bloody murder. Yeah, yeah, I had a, I had, I had uh, honestly, I had. Um, I had both versions of on my shoulders. I had left and right similar things to you two being on those sides. And one was screaming at the top of its lungs. And then I was like, you're cool, man. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Oh, it's no big deal. You don't have to freak out about it. It's, it's, it's. And then the second night, I totally freaked the fuck out. I mean, it was hard for me because the whole room was filled with veterans. That's a and lot the, of energy. And the way, yeah. And the way we've been trained and the things that we've experienced and the deployments that we've gone on. When your teammate is crying the fuck out <laughs> in pain, you want to be like, you want to run to them, kneel down, provide security, start doing a blood sweep, fucking ask them what's wrong. Are you hit? Like provide, you want to start providing 
buddy Psychologically down. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I'm down. I took a round in my psyche, man. I'm fucking bleeding all over. I need a tourniquet for my fucking psyche right now. For my fucking energy. My energetic state is fucking bleeding out. It is. That's what it was. And so <sighs> listening to you cry and that was suffer. The thir- that was the third night. And so, and here's the rule at ceremony. Like under no circumstances do you try and offer aid to your people on your right and left during ceremony you let them go through their suffering and their process it's imperative to not interfere and then they do have an assistant shaman though that comes and they can gauge and their whole job is to kind of their their job is to serve you as the shamans get ready they're to serve you the medicine and then they're to also ingest the medicine and monitor the situation so the shamans can do what they do and he is there or she is there whoever it is whoever you have is there to monitor you but not only do that is they tell you listen if I feel like I think you're struggling to a point, I will come and I'm going to blow the smoke over you and don't freak out. What I want you to do is just try to breathe when that happens. And I think he, Garrett came over, Garrett came over like a lot of times. He came over a lot. <laughs> there was a lot of smoke being yeah. blown in my face. Yeah. All you could hear was <laughs> <laughs> constantly. <laughs> That's all you do here. Yeah. Which is the shaman like, taking huge rips off of a fucking tobacco pipe and like blowing you've never tobacco seen. over the top of you to cleanse. It's a cleansing part of the ceremony that like keeps the evil entities off of you. And, and that's like how helps many you. I had. Yeah, it helps you promise. It helps you process your trauma. <laughs> that's how much darkness I had. He just should have sat there the entire ceremony on the on the edge of my bed there and just just dedicated individual just to the darkness that was coming and pouring out of me. I mean, it was substantial. <clears throat> that was the last night. The second night was a whole other thing. I was a, the first night was like a, she like was like, <laughs> it was like just the tip, just for a second, just to like not freak you out. We're mm-hmm. just going to, just to see how it feels, just to let you know before mm-hmm. I'm about to just fuck your world up the next two nights. I just want you to just see pretty glorious glowing eyes and your daughter and it'll be fine. And then you will have hell of a night the next two nights. And it's like an, an ease. She eased me into it. Because I had so much anxiety going into that ceremony that I took the medicine and within not even 20 minutes, I fucking vomited it up again. I was laughing at you because you were proje- you were projectile vomiting like the exorcist. With I think it was shorter. I think it, we were like been, 10 minutes. Maybe I think 10 we were, minutes? I think we were 10 minutes in. I had so much anxiety. I'm not even kidding. I'm No yeah. exaggeration. There was like, I have, that's the one thing I can tell you before ayahuasca was cannabis was the training wheels to get me off of the meds for sure. That's how it was used. And I continued to use it for anxiety, but I was on one med still right before ceremony. And my doctor and I had been talking for a couple of years, you know, when's the right time to, you know, cause I, I was at that point where I didn't want to be dependent on anything any longer. And so for me, I was terrified of running out of the pill and, and not having it and not because of what would happen, but because of the withdrawal is so violent because I'd been on it for a fucking decade. And so I was so afraid. And I said, you know, in order for me to go do this, I have to be off of this. And he's like, how much time do you have? It's like three weeks. And he's like, for something that you've been on for a decade, you want to just, you want to do this in three weeks. I said, truthfully, I respect what you're saying, but I'm going to do it whether you tell me I can or not. Because I'm going and I'm not going to have a serotonin reuptake fucking psychosis spike. I'm not going to risk it and put myself in that position and lie and say I I was off of it. If I wasn't, I was off of it. And I was off of it within, I think I had like a week before the ceremony or almost, yeah, because I went off pretty aggressively. So I think it was like a week and a half before the ceremony before I actually got there that I had been off of it. 
And so my body was already violently anxious. Like I shake most times just like just sitting, like we're sitting here talking and I just, I just shake. It's kind of what I do. It's just how I, it's my baseline now. And so that's fine. But like when I like got on the plane and got there, like I was like, like teeth chattering, so nervous because I was so desperate for relief. Like at that point, it was so excruciating that I needed it to be everything everybody said it would be. And so- And was it? Oh, it was, it was, you can't categorize. It was, it's light years ahead of what a human being can hope for because you can't hope for something that you've never experienced or seen, touched, smelt, or been a part of. You can't hope for that because your brain can't conceive of that level. You just can't. If you haven't seen it, you don't know any different. It's, it's that drastic. And, and it was that drastic for me. And so when I got there, I was so nervous. And I talked to Garrett about that. And he goes, listen, when I serve you the tea, don't worry. I mean, the tea, the medicine, um, don't worry. You know, I just want you to go in with an open heart and open intent. And I said, listen, I, I couldn't be more, I couldn't be more open to whatever is going to happen to me. He's like, I don't want you to stress about it. And so I was fine. And then the lights went off and I was like, well, shit's about to get super fucking real. And it's like when reality smacks you in the face and you, you hope for something for so long, but then when it actually literally kicks you in the teeth and your, your name is called to go up and, and get your medicine. It's one of those moments where it's, it's, I'll never forget. It's a pivotal moment for me in, in my trajectory and where I'm going and how I want to proceed with my life. And so when I sat down and I got that opportunity, I drank it first off, just, just so many, like I can't, it was so gross. It was so bad. And I, it like the sludge like went down the throat and I was like, oh my God. It's basically like cigarette coffee flavored cough syrup. Like if you took coffee and put a cigarette out in it and then made it thick, like I don't know, like, like Robitussin. That's what it tastes like yeah. to me. Yeah. It was, it had that, it had a bite to it at the end and it like sat in the back of your throat. And I had this immediate feeling as soon as I drank it, where you get that, um, heat rush in your body. So like from the, from your like toes to your head, all of a sudden you just feel the heat just go. And then your mouth starts watering. And then your mouth starts watering. And, and that, you're like, Oh God, it was, oh and, God. and I knew it. And then so it got worse and the anxiety got so much worse. And I remember Griff hadn't drank yet. You just did. It was my turn. Griff hadn't drank it. And I turned and I looked at him and I was like, I think I'm going th- to throw it up. And he's like, just breathe. Just breathe through it. And so I just sat there and I was like, okay, it's fine. It's fine. I don't have to throw up. It's fine. And then, and then here's the thing. Actually, I don't even know if the lights were quite off yet. I think it was the lights were off, but I, for some reason. Oh, the lights are off. If we had drank, the lights were off because they should they don't serve if the lights are on. Okay, so t- that's what I thought. So Tim, though, on the other side was directly smack across from me. And mm-hmm. I was like, why do I have him? Like, I'm looking directly into that human from like a TV show level, like Viking. Mm-hmm. Why does he have to be my baseline for my direct? And he, I remember he said to me the next day, he's like, bro, I heard you. Like, you threw that up in your mouth and you swallowed it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yep. And he says. And then you did it again. And I was like, yeah. And like the third time I couldn't swallow it again. I was like, I was like, I couldn't. And I threw it up and I was immediately disappointed in myself. And then I felt this kind of wave of relief though. And I looked at Griff and he's like, you should be fine. Like you've, you had it in you long enough that it got, it saturated in enough. And so the thing for me was I was so anxious and I think I need, 
it, everything happens now, you know, everything happens for a reason. And, and that sounds silly to some people, but everything has a, a reason it happens. And I think for me, maybe I needed just that entry level dose to be lighter so that I didn't have a full blown <clears throat> panic attack of some, you know, some level. And so I think I needed to you know, get rid of that little bit. Maybe I had too much. I initially. think you were having really bad anticipatory anxiety, which contributed to you like yakking. Faster. No, I totally agree. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Yeah. But I think there's, I like to think part of it, it, it eased me in a lot. She eased me in a lot easier than she could have. She could have shit whipped me that night and I could have had what you had, but I got a little more hand holding from mm. her than I originally anticipated. And so for me, it made me, it calmed me down so much the next day. I, Cause I think Griff, he was walking around the kitchen that morning and he was just taking pictures of people. And he walked by me and he just took a picture of me. And like my face, when I look at that picture after having one ceremony, if I could see light back in my eyes in a way that look, for me, when I looked at a picture of myself or anything I had done for press or anything I had done interview wise, I just kind of looked like I go through the motions of things to an extent. And I look like I'm like, rah, 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 reverberating a story constantly. And it, something clicked and changed that night that, that helped me l just lighten the load a little bit. And when I look back at that, it was like, that was like the stepping stone for me and seeing, <clears throat> you know, it was just a, it was just a little relief. I had no idea what it was going to be like after. And so, because I'd just done one night, but that one night gave me a sense of peace I hadn't had in a decade, mm. right? And so I was excited to go into the second night. I, I was excited to sit with her again. I was looking forward to having conversation with her and I was getting downloads the next day and I have my journal, I think it's with me. <clears throat> Heroic Hearts gave us these really cool journals. And I remember for whatever reason, after that ceremony, I was like, I just got this violent urge that I needed to just write down. I needed a pen and a paper, like just needed it. I needed to do it. And so I went outside and I just started scribbling like fuck, like quick, quick, quick. And I was breaking the pencil lead and I just kept like, it was a click one and I was just going through it. And then after all of a sudden I just like got this relief. And I remember, and I was like, I got to call Brady. And I called him and I like showed him and he's like, I've seen your writing. I know how you speak. This is not anything. This is not you. This is not you talking. And it, when I look, when I look at it and I read it back, I'm not writing as if it's, if it's as, as if it's me, I'm writing as if someone is talking to me and expecting me to read it. This was in your journal. Yeah. And I have it with me. So I'll show you, I'll show you after. And it's just this like very, um, forceful writing, very, block lettery, all caps, mm -hmm. aggressive writing. And it was like intently just, you can see the night difference. You can see the message change and you can see the writing change in the aggressive tone to the smaller writing with just more words. And it, it was really fascinating to kind of see that and then reread it back. And I often go back and reread it because I feel like it was a, it was something that I was getting and, or we're being, or was remembering she was telling me to remember enough so that I could write it down to go back to use it because there was a sense for me that I would need it more again. That I, and when I couldn't necessarily drop into ceremony with her, it would be a tool for me to use 
to have a reminder or, or something to look back at and go, okay, a reset again without having to go sit in ceremony because I couldn't, crossing the border is such a nightmare. And so I feel like there was this under, this general understanding with her and I at the time that I might not get to sit with her again for quite some time, but I needed enough tools to be able to handle what was coming for me. So she hit me hard with some things, but gave me the, enough of a download right away that I could write it down and have that be a baseline for me. Hmm. Yeah. So what would you say to people that have massive amounts of trauma, depression, or anxiety? Would you recommend that they go do this? I don't, I don't only recommend it. I, if you're not doing it, if you're not doing something like this, I think you are doing yourself and those around you a disservice. You, you can do better. You can be better. You can feel better and you can not only make others feel better around you, <clears throat> but you have to be willing to do the work to do that. And you have to be ready to do that work. People are all at different stages in their healing and in their trauma. But the number one thing that's the commonality is, is we all have trauma and if you see it for what it is and you go with an open mindset that I need to try everything that will work, anything, if there's an opportunity or a chance or a 1% chance that this could work for you, you should try it. Do you feel comfortable talking about where you were at emotionally prior to the ceremony? Yeah, I talk about it all the time. I'm very open about how I was. I was suicidal for a very long time and I was. I got to the point where I really truly felt like this was my only option. This was my light at the end of the tunnel. And if I didn't take this and grab onto this life raft, this was it for me. And I got to a point and I was open and honest with my husband and I told a lot of people about it. And I talk about it because I think one of the biggest mistakes we make as veterans is we have this idea that we have to be this tougher individual who can't talk about shit because God forbid we look weak for more than 32 seconds in anybody's eyes. It doesn't diminish who you are or what you've done or how you've done it or how many people you've killed or how many operations you've had or how many <clears throat> medals you have. I mean, I'm fortunate enough to know enough of you guys now that are very decorated and on a level I would never have gotten to know individuals before. And to have the idea that you have to be this person because others will judge you differently is, is uh, immature. Now, now I look back, it's an immature thought. It's a thought that is ingrained in you through the military that if you speak openly and honestly about what you're going through and what you're struggling with, that you will be, number one, either non-deployable. And that's like somebody's biggest nightmare when you all you want to do is deploy. So God forbid you actually share your emotion. You're forced to shove it down, you know, and just keep it deep down. And it, it, it angers me because we would have so many more people alive today if we were given the opportunity and openness to not only do our job effectively, but be, but be given the opportunity to fix and correct the things that have happened to us, then in turn to be able to go back and do our job effectively. But instead, we are kind of brought into this mindset that if we talk about our problems while we're in service, then the military deems you fucking garbage. And it's true. And that's just how it works. And so I understand combat ineffective. why. You're combat ineffective. Okay. Well, I was cold. I was garbage. So that's a different conversation, but that's just what I'm going off of. When, when, a, when a major tells you it's better, if you would have died, there would have been less paperwork for him to do than, than say, Hey, I know you're struggling. I saw what you just went through. Let's have a fucking conversation about how that's making you feel. Not that I actually give a fuck about your feelings, but I would rather just be a decent human being then maybe things would be handled differently. But we have shit leadership for the most part that has been told that if you hear that one of your soldiers is struggling, you're dead, you're done. 
you're, you're not going to deploy again. If they get one whiff that you're struggling with anything that happened to you, you're done. And so no wonder there's so many people struggling with their trauma and hiding it and committing suicide. It's a fucking epidemic that nobody seems to care about. And we have finally found something that can work to heal our people on a level that is just, I don't have the words for how effective it is. And we're just not utilizing it enough. And so my hope is that moving forward with the little bit of honesty that I'm able to provide being just one person out of a bajillion people that have served in the military over decades, I just hope that it's one more person that hears that and goes, okay, well, if that person's willing to kind of put their their career on the line and their life on the line and talk about things that could possibly get them in trouble or could possibly put their business at jeopardy, I don't care because I, I'm just tired of people feeling helpless and like there's no fucking answers because there can be answers, but you have to, you have to seek them out. You have to have the balls to do it and you have to do it regardless of what those ramifications are going to be for your career, your life or anything moving forward. That was substantial. I think the second thing you said, having the, it's going to sound cliche. Oh, I said balls. balls. I said balls. Okay. So having the vagina or the balls, the ovaries, do I say ovaries? Having the ovaries, to do that, like to, wow, that's going to fucking put me in a box too. To anybody who just thinks that they can't do it, it pisses me off because you can, you just have to want it badly enough. But until you're at that let's door, just, let's just go no, stop until you're at that door of like looking, looking at options of like how you prefer to kill yourself so that there is less damage done until you're looking that in the face on a regular basis and genuinely thinking about it every fucking day and every minute of every thought, then of course, you're not going to do what it takes. Yeah. If you're like, I have to spread plastic out on the floor so I don't bleed on my mom's carpet when I yeah. shoot myself in the head. Yeah. You should probably maybe consider other options first. Yeah. Maybe pills aren't the great. You know what? Some people, this is what I don't get. We assume that that pharmaceutical medications and interventions are always going to be the answer. And we are in this transition period in society where that is not always the case. And there is a little bit of open discussion about other alternatives that are not pharmaceutical based like psilocybin and ayahuasca and, and, you know, uh, cannabis and all of these different, different, um, different medicines. And then you've got things like they're fucking doing K therapy. Now they're doing, what's the other one? Yeah. There's K therapy, there's MDMA therapy, there's psilocybin therapy. There's just so many options. So when somebody says there's not enough options, I'm like, you're not willing to do what it takes you're not willing to go and seek out the options. Maybe it's because you don't have the tools. Then in that case, I always say, reach out to people's businesses that are other veterans and ask them, start a conversation and have a dialogue with somebody because they might most likely have the answers. If they're thriving and they've been through hell and you know that and you follow them and you've seen that on their Instagram or you've read about them or you've heard about them, if they've gotten back to a point of where they seem healthy enough, and obviously I am understanding and I know that Instagram is a highlight reel. So I'm not saying that if your life looks great on Instagram, it, Instagram, it's all great. Cause that's, that's obviously not reality, but most of the time reach out to those people. They'll, they'll answer you. They'll tell you, or they'll, they'll drive you in a direction, or you could f- potentially find it on their page without having to even have a conversation with them. But you have to look other places sometimes. Yeah. If anybody out there has got <clears throat> questions about psychedelics or ayahuasca specifically, feel free to DM me. I'm happy to have this discussion because it was so remarkably pivotal in my growth and in my trauma management of my own personal, like emotional trauma that like, I can't 
thunder. Don't worry, Alex. I like it. He'll edit this out. No, keep it in. If you're hearing that, you're like, what's that background noise? It's fucking annoying. It's fucking thunder and beautiful rain on a tin roof. Don't ruin it for me. Fine. Anyway, (sighs) Anyway, reach out. That's what I, yeah. And I, I I think there's plenty of people that are willing to have that conversation with you now. And I, I think there's also a subset of veterans who have gained enough notoriety that they feel safe enough having these types of conversations, regardless of what comes from it? Well, I don't give a fuck what people think. Like they, it, it was so substantial in my growth and my change. You can't deny it. It's, yeah, it's irrefutable. Right. So for people, you know, like I call them muggles because I'm a big Harry Potter fan. Okay. Art. So I've never even seen, I've seen like one Harry Potter. So muggles are the non-magical people. Oh, so like just civilians? Fuds. The fuds? The fuds! <laughs> Fucking fuds. They're like the feds, but the fuds. You're like, that's hippie shit. Oh my um, God. You're a fucking retard. Um, <laughs> people, explore all your options. Reach out. I'm happy to talk to anybody. And about. also, I know Heroic Hearts is like very communicative. Very. They yeah. are incredible. I'm not saying maybe ayahuasca is the answer for you, but I think they are incredibly communicative. I know they have a, a UK arm. They have a US arm. I know they're working their way up and hopefully going to have a Canadian arm. They, you know, they're doing, they're, they're doing the work and they're out there and they're willing to talk and provide resources. And I think the worst thing you can do is send an email. I mean, you're going to sit there and scroll on Instagram, fucking looking at combat Barbie's tits and all these other things. The least you can do is do something to help yourself as well. Like psychologically, I'm sure it makes you happy to look at her tits. I mean, of course uh, it does. Combat. I, I'm not familiar with Combat Barbie. That's the one I showed you yesterday. And I was like, this chick was a Marine. And you I mean, were like. Nicole Arbor, on the other hand. We can talk about that. Let's right. talk about Nicole. She's dope. She is. Yeah. Isn't she one of your ambassadors? She is. She's, uh, yeah. When this comes out, yeah. You'll, awesome. A, yeah, she's cool. She's a Canadian. She's fucking hilarious. She's funny. She's ruthless. Pro-veteran. She's, pro-gun. Mm-hmm. Super awesome. Yeah, she's and she's an intelligent individual. She says a lot of shit, for sure. And I think the difference between her and people who just say things uh, to get reaction is she's educated and she talks, you know, she's not afraid to say what she's learned. <clears throat> and I think that's a different that's a different thing kind of with the world right now. Cancel culture is, is a violent. Rampant. It's violent. It's fucking rampant. It's kind of like that. What's that wasting disease you guys have? Chronic, chronic wasting chronic, disease. That's disgusting. Why can't we just fucking have no. fun? Like I, I love Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle makes me super happy inside in life, and he—that is a comedian that like I will. For there's a few comedians in my lifetime that you know when you like I want to meet someone. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like I'll I'll do all the hoops. I'll do the hoops to meet that guy. Just see if I could just sit there and shake his hand and be like, okay, the Chappelle show, life changing. You that was a society like you gave a gift to the world. Him as a person, if I don't know if you've like listen to him do he's got a podcast on luminary no i'm gonna have to check out his podcast <clears throat> yeah i listened to i just got luminary because i listened to russell brand like i watch his uh, clips on he's fucking great he's brilliant yeah yeah he's a there's a handful of people yeah. on the list and he's on it and so anyway i was like i'm not getting enough clips i was like fuck it i'm gonna do the goddamn monthly stupid thing and i'm gonna get luminary so i got it so i could listen to russell brand and then chappelle's got a podcast on there too and he um he went on Rogan recently and you just, the guy, I don't know him, but he seems like he's a good human being. And I feel like somebody who values peace and quiet in their life at the level that he does for his family is, 
is honorable in the considering who he is. He doesn't have to well, be like that. Well, he flipped the script on racism to use it as a uh, as highlighting it in a comedic way to bring people together. He did a great job with it though. And it's like it's what I tell people like when people get offended about veteran humor. I'm like when you're a veteran or like not when you're a veteran, but when you're in the military, you're serving the military at least in the units that I was in. It's the Chappelle show 24/7. Like you're humor. talking shit. I mean, you listen to how I talk to Alex and he's Asian. Yeah. I'm like, where's my Asian? Mm-hmm. Asian, do do my bidding. And he because knows he that I'm it. fucking kidding and he knows that I love him and that I'll do anything for him. Right. And that's how it is in the military. Right. Like, yes, you're from inner city. You're, you were, you're, you came out of the gangs. You were a Culver City boy and you're like Mexican, mm-hmm. like second generation Mexican or first generation American or whatever. Like I, and you're in my fucking team. Yeah, we'll talk shit to each other, but like we're down. We're like ride or die. There's it's a common ride respect. or fucking die. Mm-hmm. Even though we will fuck with each other relentlessly and say <laughs> shit that will like melt people's faces off. Oh, we don't. in politically correct society, like people's faces, like don't. I know. I like, see your face because you're see you're smirking, and I know what you're gonna do. Don't you fucking tell that story. <laughs> okay, I won't. Don't you fucking tell that story. That's not fair. That's not cool. Okay. Don't right. do it. But okay. yeah, I was. I'll, we'll I'll give. No, we'll I'll give. It. We'll no, we'll it tuck it. But I'll give a preface because I know you want to say it. There was. I was on a Facetime call with Bishop, and we were talking about some business stuff. And then he was at this place, and there was a bunch of people there. And I made a dark humor joke, and he didn't tell me that Alex had friends over. And then I said something that was funny. I thought it was funny because I was joking, and I would never say anything that harmful. And then Bishop was like, do you, "There's people like these guys hate you." They hate you and don't say why, but they did. And then you tried to explain it to them after, but they still were butthurt about it because they don't understand dark humor because they don't understand why we talk to each other the way we talk to each other. It's a sign of respect. And the more shit talk you do with somebody or against somebody, it's a respect. Do thing. you know how I smoothed that over? How, actually, exactly how I just described. I was like, I got off the phone and they were like, I could tell they were butthurt. And I was like, yeah. I was like, what's wrong? Nothing. Because you know what they they it's like no we can't have we can't have controversy we can't have confrontation don't have conversations no. where you actually have to explain your feelings and why right. you're you're acting right. the way you're acting mm-hmm. yeah that so I was like hey if you guys were upset by that conversation because I knew it pissed them off <laughs> it was her for sure I was like hey well what's funny is they're mixed like she's that... white she's white shut your fucking mouth Henry it's okay no one hates you so where's the rounds <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. They're a mixed race couple. She's white. He's Asian. He, they were both offended. I was like, look, have you guys seen the Chappelle show? They're like, yes, of course we have. I was like, do you like the Chappelle show? They're like, yes, we love the Chappelle show. And I was like, that was our version. version of the Chappelle show. And right. I was like, that person is a great friend of mine. She's not racist at all. She fucking loves everybody. I love everybody. I, I was like, do you think I would be in Alex's house right now hanging out with him? integrating him into my life and into my business if I fucking hated Asians. Well, you know what's really crazy to me is I have, I hold, I have a lot of respect for people until they show me that I shouldn't respect them. That's And it has nothing the, to do with their color or their race. no. Why yeah. would it? But that's what I don't understand. Why would it? And why would anybody think that? There's nothing fucking worse than somebody giving this preconceived notion of who you are. And I'm so tired of it. Well, I mean, let's be real though. Racism does exist. It exists, but super exists, and it's and it's horrific. But that doesn't mean that every person should get painted with that brush. No, no. 
but it, the, the punchline is here, people, if two veterans are joking around about like Asians and Asian hate. Like I never I, I never said I was doing that at all. You shouldn't be. I never fuck it. you. I never said I'm, <laughs> not, I'm not admitting to anything because I will not confirm or deny anything I was joking about because I'm not stupid enough to do that. That's okay. Like Mike Glover says, fucking Asians are the most racist people on the planet. Speaking of that, so when's Mike Alex Glover, and I joke when's around Mike Glover coming on the show? And when the motherfucker wants to answer, DM. I'm gonna. We DM can start him. there. I'm gonna DM him. All right. See if he answers. He probably won't. He won't. Who am I kidding? He won't. Most of them don't answer. Oh, me. he's too busy like writing fucking dissertations on every post and about combat lessons and all the things. He's and, helping like, the people, man. He's helping the people, but he's also being a fucking flake. That is uh, not my perception. I don't. I don't know you. I haven't tried to reach out to him yet, so I can't make that Listen, call. I, I bought. Well, actually, I didn't. It was Alex's idea. Alex bought mm. Chick Fil A sauce for him. He was supposed to. Was he actually supposed to come here? Yeah, we were talking about doing a trip here. Okay. Yeah, oh. we've got lots of great trails here in Wyoming. Isn't Wyoming's he, amazing. Isn't, what do you think of Wyoming? Is wasn't he? I, isn't that the Grand Teton out the window right there? It's kind of the most ridiculous view. Right. You know, it was the nicest though. The fire last night, and then that mm-hmm. view, and then I got to lie on the tailgate of the truck and just stare at the stars. So, uh, what would you say to Mike Glover if you were like, if he's like, who's this bishop dude, and like, what was your experience, and like, what, what would you tell him? I think he's missing out. I mean, don't bring your wife because he'll fall in love with your spouse. Because that's my experience. He doesn't have a fucking wife. Okay, anymore. so then maybe you'll fall in love with him, and then you'll have him as your best friend. Listen, here's what I think. I don't think you guys are Canadians. I think you're Americans at heart. So I think we're Canadians. We should run a black op. Here's what you should do. Here we go. Divorce Brady. Ew, never. Don't even say those fucking words. Marry me. Ew, you're gross. Come to America. No, I don't want that. And then no. we'll get divorced in like the three years. That no, it was. no, no. I right. don't even say the D word. And then and then we'll figure out. That's how out- Canadian I am. Huh? I don't even say the D word. You're missing the point. This is an asymmetric fucking special operation. Well, then marry Mike Glover and you get married. There's not going to be any consummation of the marriage. It's just all a farce. It's no. just to get you guys down here to America. We can where get you can down be, here. We, we, can, we can be Americans. We can come down here. I mean, here. you're already paying American taxes. You might as well but be But here's American. the thing. We don't even need to marry anybody to come in. We can just come in. Well, then what the fuck are you doing in Canada? Apparently, that's where we live. Because okay. have you, you haven't been to BC in a long time. BC's gorgeous. Exactly. So that's why. Canadian people are amazing. You know who's not amazing? Who's this? Canadian government. Well, that's a different conversation though. You're talking it's like about- like I tell Union. everybody, like I love Chinese people. You know who I don't like? The Chinese Communist Party. Well, that's valid. That's a valid point. Okay. I hate the Canadian government. Well, most people do. Trudeau is the dumbest motherfucker. But I here's the thing. But here's the mouth. thing. BC is one of the most beautiful fucking places in the entire world to live. Are you and looking I at live? where you are right oh, now? Oh, no, it's two different things. But People you also- in Jackson Hole, just, yeah, just in case you gorgeous. Know. Swiss it's, Alps of the United States. It's goddamn She's ridiculous. trying to tell me how awesome BC is. No, it's okay because wait, you- Wait, hold on. Let me laugh right now. Just wait. This <laughs> <laughs> you're fucking idiot. Oh, my God. Yeah, I don't have sound effects. I have to make money. Yeah, you do. That's we're, on a, we're on a budget here. We're on a low budget film here. We're on a here. fucking- Clearly hotter has a low budget. Is, this that, is that it? A low budget. It does. But no, it's gorgeous here. It's a different type of thing. I don't like the way things are being run any more than anybody. Well, any more than the people I surround myself with in Canada. How's that? But I do, but I do take issue. What is your face doing? I'm just looking at the time that we've been talking because we did three hours last time. How? Give me a time estimate. Where do you think we're at right now? Well, I don't know because it's 3:51 and we were going for like, I don't know how long has it been. We're in an hour and 45 right now. That's that felt that that was like 30 minutes. 
I know. I know. No, I think this place is gorgeous. I think it has, it's different. I think, I wish we could pick British Columbia up and put it here because I would like to have options for things that I want to do. And unfortunately right now, and just even like the general rifle, like for example, I'm, I don't even have a gun license. Okay. I'm a vet and I don't even have a gun license because to me in Canada, it's not fucking worth having one. Why? Because you can only have a handgun and you can only have a certain handgun. You can only have a certain this and a certain that, and you can only go here and you can only go there. All I want as a veteran, as a fucking gunner who was not anybody cool, I want to be able to have the same type of gun I shot overseas so I can go target shoot for my own fun, healing, and just comfortability. But I'm not allowed to have that. And I don't like that. I don't like being told that I can't do something. But why? Because of our government. Because they got disbanded like a year and a half right before COVID. No more rifles like that. No civilian can have a rifle like that. No one. And they're telling people that if they do have them, that they should turn them in. Like, fuck you. Fuck you a little bit. I'm not saying like, I'm right. not, I'm not like, I'm not all for like, you know, I, well, I don't know the rules. Right. Because your no. government has locked you down. They've like mandated all kinds of horse shit. They won't let you fucking leave without a bunch of ass pain. It's bad. It was bad coming down here. I'm not going to lie. For you know what stops that? Here, an, armed, an armed citizenry stops that. But we don't have that. We just don't. And that's because where I get Because you gave those rights up. Yeah, but when you say we gave those rights up, I wasn't around for that fucking time. It wasn't, that wasn't by choice. I didn't get that choice. This is something I grew Trudeau up Trudeau just with. banned those. How long ago? A couple years ago. Yeah. Oh, those, oh, you mean those specific guns yeah. in particular? Yeah. Yeah. I think there was some pushback on that, but there's not enough. Because he, here's the thing. It, it didn't matter. There was not enough pressure placed in the right parts of that person to then get him to cape. Other people had other agendas and this is why it is the way it is. We don't have, this is what, this goes back to the beginning of our conversation of, we don't ask enough of our people who are in power before we let them in mm. power. It's not a matter of asking because they don't give a fuck about we don't what we have to say. Correction, we don't require enough. We don't think that we're worth enough. We don't, we don't think that our society deserves enough because God forbid we shook the boat even a little bit and made somebody uncomfortable. I think they just do what the fuck they want because there's no repercussions. Well, that's what I mean. But we, we allow that. I'm going to be honest. Like when they erected gallows, like during the whole like capital storming thing and they were like building gallows out, I like smiled because I'm like, let that be a lesson to you. You've got the American people erecting gallows outside the Capitol building for their elected officials. Wake the fuck up. That's what's troubling. Wake your ass up. Mm -hmm. American people have had enough. And this is where Andy and I, like, we had a clear departure of opinion. And my whole point is, like, although I don't agree with, like, how the Capitol thing unraveled and what happened with it. I don't know that anybody really agrees with how the Capitol thing happened and how it unraveled. No, no, I don't agree with it, but I see how we got there. Well, I see, see how a, a frustrated line. I see how a frustrated conservative party of America is watching liberals pr promote fucking socialist communist agendas in our country and like allow cities to get burned to the fucking ground all summer long and nobody's listening to them and nobody's listening to them and nobody's listening to them and so what recourse do they have when our elected officials are not listening and you've got this huge grotesque division of political parties that are going completely away from like what the spirit of our country is about, what the constitution is about. There's only one document, people. It's the constitution of the United States. Okay. And our, our founders framed it and wrote it in a way because they saw in their brilliance, 
all this shit happening and unfolding after they were gone. And here we are, lo and behold, all this shit is unfolding. And these laws are designed, the way the constitution is written, is designed to protect and safeguard against exactly what the fuck is happening right now. I think people are fed up. And I think the biggest takeaway from that situation, if anything, is that you've pushed people to a point where they feel like they have no other option. And if, if a part of society, left, right, center, wherever the fucking from the goddamn moon, I don't care who you are and what you support. When a humanity or a group of human beings feels that marginalized, like they cannot be heard when they've gone through, and I don't know if they did, but if if they did go through the proper channels and have those conversations or try and attempt to constantly have those conversations and they're constantly being met with wall after wall and they're getting no response and nothing, I think that's a problem. Huge problem. And you know what we have to do right now? You're going to make it stop. We have to push pause because I'm about to piss my pants. (laughs) Okay, we're back. We're back. Oh my God, that was fucking bad. Well, then you shouldn't have had so many beers. I only had two. Yeah, but obviously you can't handle your alcohol. That's not true. I can handle my alcohol just fine. It was my bladder that was like, you're going to... What I heard was excuse, 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 blah, 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 blah. You know, I'll present to you the same thing that I present to everyone. Anytime you want to go toe to toe, let me know. Like, how did ayahuasca work out for you? Like, let's talk about dosages for ayahuasca for a second. I d- yeah, but here's the thing. The determination of somebody's strength is not based on the amount of then why are you medicine. Talking, why are you talking shit about my beer consumption? Then? Well, I'm just saying that your body clearly can't handle. You know, his body couldn't handle things. Oh, I handled it. I fucking handled it. I mean, if you want to talk about a Texas fucking road whore getting fucking road hard and put away wet by fucking mama ayahuasca, then hey, yeah, you handled it just yeah, fine. Yeah, but guess what? I handled it. Handled it just fine. I just handled this beer. That's why I also, <laughs> you know what else I handled? 45 milliliters of fucking ayahuasca compared to everybody else's like 23. Well, listen, we're not okay. all six foot God knows what. Three. Okay, well, some of us are literally a foot and a bit shorter than you who weigh like half. If not less. Like Garrett and our shaman were deeply concerned about Griff, both of our consumption, because him and I were taking unhuman doses. I mean, you wanted to blast off to the fucking stratosphere, so you did. I mean, it wasn't about blasting off to the stratosphere. It was like finding my boundary with the medicine. Well, I think you should have let her give you the boundary. Oh, she did. (laughs) She She fucking slapped that thing right in your face. She she, She shut that door. She was like, okay, bitch. Let's have a little talk. You went too hard. I told you not to. Now this is the ride you're going on. And I'm not disappointed about it. It was a great experience. But now I know where, I now I know where the line in the sand is. So Mm -hmm. it's it's good, which is what I want. You Mm -hmm. have to know those things. You got to know the boundary. Right. So we were about to do a deep dive into politics. Maybe we should just like steer off of that. Well, I I just get super fucking like Sons of Liberty revolution. To go off. Okay. So here's the thing. We don't need to do that. And here's why. If I felt like I was educated enough. I would have that conversation with you. But I don't feel like I know enough to fully have that conversation. Well, you're Canadian. I know. You're not American. I don't expect you to know American politics. I try not to get too deep into shit that I don't know enough about that I can... can Let me tell you what I know about your government and how it's structured. Jack shit. I just know that your prime minister, I think it's Trudeau, prime minister, he's the prime minister, right? Dumb as fuck. Oh, he's struggle city right now. Stupid as fuck. Mm -hmm. I mean, not any dumber than our fucking president. Our president is probably the dumbest president that we've ever fucking elected. But here's the thing. I feel like no matter what, we the way that we have structured, the way we have run our world in the, in the recent decades is we have set ourselves up for this serious disappointment 
no matter which side. No matter which side. Somebody is always going to be disappointed because we have done a beautiful job or they have done an immaculate job of separating the countries. And they've done it effectively, efficiently, and, and they've done it at a pace that is frankly terrifying because they had a great they had a great thing going in Canada there where we were all people were disappointed with one side or the other, but it was not division. Now we have division in the country like we've never seen. And it's been because of vaccine or non-vaccine. You guys have had division. I talked about Brady. I talked to this. I talked to Brady about this at lunchtime while we were getting chicken sandwiches before we came back. Mm -hmm. I was like, what, why the fuck has science and data turned into politics? Like, why is it, why is it that like, if you're on the left, masking is cool. And if you're on the right, it's not. And like, what? That doesn't, it shouldn't, that shouldn't fucking compute. That's not how it works. And we've allowed that to be how it works though. Nobody showed me the science and data to prove masks were, had any sort of efficacy whatsoever. Whether anybody, when, whether people believe they are effective or not, the, the common and only answer and the only thing that should matter is what, science and scientists and their peer-reviewed studies, APA peer-reviewed studies can prove, say, and show. That should be the end of the fucking conversation. Right. There should be no more. And because we have allowed, because people, I don't know if they've even allowed it. I think, I think, I think some civilians, and this is not an insult by any means, because you can't, you can't know unless you've done it or seen it or been a part of it. So, People don't necessarily think that governments, individuals, or other people or society, humanity, for that fact, can be dark and twisted and have ulterior motives and reasonings for doing things. That's fine. That sounds conspiratorial. That's fine. But that's just the reality. People have I don't think that sounds conspiratorial. To some people, it does because they have maybe never experienced what we have or seen what we can do and how we do it. Oh, you're talking about the special kids that live in a bubble of safety and they've never like the most risky thing they've gone to do is like maybe shop at Walmart in a bad neighborhood. And that could be circumstantial because of, of where they're born and how they're born and what they're born into. That could be because they just have had the complete opposite where people are very strict and don't allow for things. But they're, for whatever the circumstance or reasoning that they have ha- had that life experience that hasn't exposed them to things that maybe are darker in nature or things that maybe have this more sinister reasoning behind it, it's not conspiratorial necessarily. But what the struggle is, is people aren't exposed to things like that. So you get people like us who have seen the darkness and the worst of what a human being can offer. And until you can have seen how far and how dark someone can go to like you and I, and I'm talking like think to your darkest fucking memory and switch that switch on that until people can really resonate and understand that humans can do that to another human, they can't think that, Oh my God, the government, they would never do anything to harm us. They would never say anything to harm us. They are our leaders. We elected them. Either side is going to be pissed with whoever the fuck you have. They're going I think to that's do naive s- bullshit. No, I think it's naive to an extent, but I think I think there is part of society who has number one never been exposed, so they can't conceptualize that. That's not in their realm of an imagination. They've maybe read about things like Rwanda, or they maybe or seen movies like Black Hawk Down, or they've maybe 
maybe seen or been witness to a traumatic event in their life that's a weapon-based or a terrorist-based event. But most people in society, really think about it, have not been exposed to this shit. So it, part of me feels truthfully that others are just naive and don't have a fucking clue what's going on. And so they're okay with just being told because they've never been exposed to darkness and all of those things. So they can't conceptualize that that could happen. And then I think there's another side of society who sits on it and goes, well, it's just what they say, so they have to be right. And then I think that part is blind. I think that side, they choose not to read, they choose not to see, they choose not to educate. And then you get- You just describe my mother. Yeah, so cool. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So I think, but then I think there's a third set of people. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the side who have looked deep, dark, fucking evil in the face, seen it happen, witness it, remove it from the planet and know what that can actually do to a human being. When you see another human being take a life or you do things that are similar in kind, you really, again, it's one of those things that is hard to articulate uh, with the limited information. Once you see how far the evil yeah. goes, you're, you then know how the capabilities of other human beings. Yes. And so that to me is why I get as frustrated as I get. Because if we're being provided with educated sources and, and people who do this for a fucking living and they, they spend their life writing papers and studying something so that others don't have to deal with it, we want to make sure that we're handling it properly. But then they're stopped because of bureaucracy and they're tied up because of things. And so they can't do the proper research. They can't get the information out or they're being silenced or they're having those things. Like Joe Rogan's episode, we, Brady and I listened to on the plane was with Dr... Oh, I can't remember his name. And it was, with, I want to say Brett Weinstein. And the, it was about ivermectin, if I'm not wrong. And Brett Weinstein, I, I'm pretty sure it was Brett. I don't think it was Eric, but I think it was Brett. He, his his Dark Horse podcast was being canceled. Like YouTube was demonetizing it. They gave them warnings. They pulled it off. Um, and the actual research doctor who got brought in on this podcast was like the foremost their group was like the form, I'm probably misspeaking here, the foremost um, knowledgeable in ivermectin handling with COVID. And their shit has been silenced. And he did a Senate meeting and that was fucking taken down. Mm-hmm. And so what I'm trying I'm to say is- that. I listened to that Senate here. Okay, so there you go. So you know who I'm talking about. But I've taken ivermectin. Yeah, it, it, yeah, we have friends that suggested mm-hmm. it for me when I got it last time. Yep. So what I'm, what I'm trying to say is- Did you take it? Uh, I did, can't get it in Canada. Okay. So, um, how do you not get a fucking, because you gotta go, you gotta have to ask a doctor and those doctors aren't necessarily wanting to prescribe it because they're maybe not believing it works for that. That's what I'm saying. Science is being, is not being trusted and I'm not saying it's being subverted for political reasons. Well, okay, correct. And so I think, like I said, there's three groups of people and I sympathize with the ones that can't truly conceptualize. There's a part of me that goes, I wish I couldn't conceptualize how dark shit can get. I wish I couldn't. I wish I had that, that, you know, yes, it was my choice to join the military. Yes, it was my choice to go do what I did. I don't fucking regret it. I love it. I'm proud of what I did. But there's part of me that at 19 wishes I didn't see the worst of humanity and skew my perceptions into seeing things that other people don't see there. Doesn't mean they're not fucking there though. No, they exist. So that's what I'm saying. So I I have some sympathy for that. Evil exists in the world. Yes, I have Mm. some sympathy for that. I have some frustration, if you would say, towards people who just are unwilling to read 
Yeah, and the, people that want to go bury their head in the sand and believe that the that, King, King James Bible is the only thing that they should read. In I'm the not saying that about the Bible. I'm saying about in general. I will. Okay, you can say that. That's fine. That's your prerogative and free right. But I'm talking specifically in this situation mm. when they're talking about the things that are going on in the world and how they're choosing to handle that. That has made me question so many people in my life and my ability to be able to have a relationship with certain people because it is such a fucking struggle to be like, you are supposed to be this person and now I see how, because you've never been tested and now I see you're being tested right now and you are all kinds of, whoa. Like I can't, that frustrates the fuck out of me. It does because it's like, you're so smart. Why are you being so stupid? You're so educated. You're so intelligent. What the fuck is happening here? And so it makes me sad to see that side of humanity changing based off of bullshit political stuff. Like I just, I hate that so much. That's why I hate politics because I, it just is such a, it could be used for- It's so, slimy. It's slimy, but it could, it could be, it could be used so well. Tulsi Gabbard would have done wonders. Nobody's perfect. She might not have been perfect. She might not have done everything correctly. She might've pissed some people off because inevitably in the United States, you're going to piss someone off if you're left or right. Cause that's just how it is down here from what I understand. Mm-hmm. But no, you're correct. But I, <clears throat> I think- we aren't putting our feet, like the best feet forward. We're not thinking about our leadership. We're not requiring more of our fucking leaders. And that, to me, pisses me off. Well, listen, if Ivermectin, which is like, what, a 60-year-old anti- It's not patentable. So nobody can make money on parasite. it. You, correct. That's the problem. Which is where I'm going with this. Yeah. Like, There's not $75 billion to be made in vaccines that- have, and, have less effectiveness than my own natural immune system. And the liability factor. Right. They're not immune from liability. I mean, these guys are immune from liability. Mm-hmm. You know, ivermectin is just, it just works. And so there's no money to be made. And and the the guy, like, uh, people always laugh. They're like, you and Brady listen to Rogan a lot. And I said, we listen to a lot of podcasts because I think it's important to educate yourself on different topics if you're going to talk about them. And if you're hearing it from the fucking horse's mouth, these doctors that are just being silenced and you're you're repeating it. I hope that the the thing with me is that people say like you you always I have, I have random facts. I'm a random facts. I just have things. I just I'll just be standing there like, hey, do you guys know this? You're the <laughs> random fact encyclopedia. I, yeah, just sometimes instead no, of random task from James on your random your yeah, random fact. That could be my that could be my yeah call sign yeah, random fact random fact. And so I just like to just think random facts. We listen to a lot of podcasts. I don't watch a, we don't watch a lot of TV. We listen to podcasts and read. And so audiobook mostly because when you're in the office, it's much easier to just listen to something. Mm-hmm. And so I just random facts. And that is like one of those things. And I, I find I struggle when people are like, well, you have that fact. It's like, but you're repeating something. Are you? And I'm like, I'm sure of it. They're like, are you sure that's a good source though? And I'm like, if this is the leading fucking doctor in so-and-so and so-and-so, how can you even quite, like, I'll give you my sources. Like I, I know them because I research what I talk about to whatever extent that I can. And so if I'm saying something, I'm not just like verbatim, just blah, 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 because I think it's interesting. I'm saying it because it's like, I think it's important. And I think if something's being silenced, that that's that could fix everything. And people are looking at it and going, well, no, it's, it's not effective. It's not this, it's not that. And really it's only because of money. It just, it fucking drives me bonkers. Just, just sends me over the edge, off to the deep end. Well, how about the... F- the Chinese doctor that worked at the clinic in Wuhan and and defected to the United States. When did that? Oh, that's right. Yeah, she's like she's here on political amnesty right now. Like she's she's a. Didn't one of the scientists' wives die in 2019? 
um, like in December 2019, like a COVID-like related. I'm sure they killed her. Anyway. <laughs> Just drinking out of my Trading Post brewery like canteen. Brady laughed and you laughed when I said that. You, well, did he? I can't hear. I got he headphones did. on. That's awesome. Well, it's because he's he gets humor. Yeah, See, he gets crazy. the but he gets the jokes. See, that's mm-hmm. why he's he's in the, he's the trust tree with the nest. Mm-hmm. See, I knew when I introduced you guys all to him, mm-hmm. it was over. I lost. I my friends are gone. <laughs> I was not true. I was a gateway. That is it. I was a gateway friend. You're, you're, I'm a gateway friend for my husband. Gateway friend for Brady. It's okay. He deserves it. Mm-hmm. I'll fucking scream it from the rooftops. I mean, I agree with that. Yeah, I know. It's, he gets these letters from fucking parents saying like the doctor said their kid walked because they wore your brace and he's like yeah obviously literally like like it's yeah well because then obviously then it means i did my job no that's you need to acknowledge the fuck out of that and he's like i get them all the time i'm like that's even worse what do you mean you get like it's it's he's impressive and so i'll do it he won't do it but i'll do it Mm -hmm. scream from the rooftop he's got a tight bum too it's real cute he's a handsome fella he's a handsome fella I see the ginger gene in him too. He's you got should, some don't net, you he's fucking got some don't, red in that beard. Don't you do that to him. You You're can't a ginger just, loving fool. Look at him. He's got red in that beard. You can't you can't just say things and say oh, it's true. Oh the fuck I can't. Oh the fuck I can't. So what I actually came on here for to talk about was how I have a podcast that you've been on and mm-hmm. that your listeners should listen to because I'm entertaining. But also I pumped it out. Episode thirty three. I pumped it out. Help a lot of veterans. You do. That's what I do. And so they should just go to brassandunity.com. Talk about it. And yeah. So I use art therapy mm-hmm. to help me. And now I pass it along. Yeah. And so we make sunglasses and really cool accessories. Not gun stuff. Well, bullet stuff. And. So let's talk about the product that I pushed out on my story today. Your sunglasses? No. Your mug? Yes. Oh, my mug. Yeah, so we did it. Because there's another company that's in the mix there that is remarkable. Good fucking design advice, guys. So they are this really dope company, and they have a book published by HarperCollins, and it's of all their art and their wording, and they have inspirational messages and just honest truth messages, and they have basically a first sentence, and then you get like this blurb after. And the writer is Jason and Brian and other Jason, but I, you know, he's not a part of it anymore. there's lots of Jasons. There's also. all the Jasons. I think there's only one Brian. That's right. There's one Brian and two Jasons. And they're so intelligent and they're... If you guys need another Brian, just let me know. You, they don't. I'm fucking don't great push at it, it. Don't push yourself on people. Jason. Oh, God. I feel, bad that I, I feel bad that I introduced. We should collaborate. So I... Our mug will be so way, they, Our mug will be at least 3% better than your mug. Well, it won't be because here's why. Because they, they've never done, as far as I'm concerned, as far as I know, they've never done a collab with anybody else. Guess what? But Brass and Unity... The shoe, so good. The shoe fit. The shoe just. You should go buy that mug, people. Yeah. So we did that, and um, go get the mug and read it. Yeah, it's a good mug, and I think it's go going get in it. Where's it at? Um, it was. I washed it. It's in the sink. Brady, can you bring the mug? And so I have the mug, and uh, it's got. We worked on this together. This uh, blurb that we wanted, because that's what I think my company does. Is it helps people, and we work with these charities, and we donate twenty percent of the proceeds to these organizations, and it is cool because it not only helps me, is it you know as I get through and work through all the bullshit, but it helps me help others. And that's what I've always wanted to do. And Brian's, here's the thing. Brian's too fucking blind to read it. So I'm not. Correct. I am. Cause the font, Jason, the font was a little small. We can bump that up a couple so points. I, I, 
So the title is fucking help somebody. And so that's the goal. And I think that's what we should be doing. And I think that's what I try to do. And that's why I come on podcasts like this. Read, read the, read you want me to actually yes, read, absolutely it? read it? It's like a spoiler alert though. I love it. Read it. Okay. Kindness is a wealth that increases as it's given away. What you get in return isn't passed between hands, but felt between hearts. It's precisely because you've been at the bottom that you can raise others up. It's because you've been lost in the dark that you can lead others to the light. It's because you fought with yourself that you can bring peace to someone else. You now have the strength because you've once struggled. The best you have to give comes from the fucking worst you've had to take. And so they do these incredible copies and they sell them as art and shirts and mugs. And they have a book by Harper Collins, which is impressive, very impressive considering it's got fuck on the cover, which is like unlike any other book out there. It's my favorite book. Yeah. Well, you- I've been following good design advice since 2000. I guess it would be 16 because that's when I, I found them at design school when I went to design school in San Francisco. And they have been a staple in my online diet since. Yes. And they they were always the ones that like inspired me during my like times of doubt, times of darkness, during my little design journey, times where I was like, this is a stupid idea. Why the fuck am I doing this? What, why the fuck? Like I can't tell you how much they've inspired me and, and how amazing of a, of a message they put out. So like, Mm -hmm. yes, they like to use potty language, which I am a huge fan of. I feel like every vet, it's like a mandatory. I think I've set, Guinness Book of World Records for the use of fuck in one sentence before. So like they resonate with me. They're great. And anybody that's been on my feed for more than like 15 seconds or a day, like knows that. Knows like, that you're a thirsty bitch that takes videos of himself. I mean, I wasn't going to. And then I has mean, like chicks hit him up on DMs because he, he called, he just like does these videos. I can't videos. control what other people do. Yeah. He's so thirsty. It's like he needs a, he, you know what Alex says? And I, I tend to agree with him. He needs an OnlyFans for guns because he he's that thirsty. He Patreon. Would sit there, a we Patreon. call that Patreon. Oh, we're doing Patreon. Okay. Yeah. okay. OnlyFans is for like girls that want to twerk. Okay, fair. Patreon is for like if you are really good at shooting guns and you want to like pass that knowledge on to other people. Is that what we do? That's so what I'm going to do. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to pass that on a Patreon. Okay. 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 But I'm coming back. So I, I hope people like it because I'm coming back whether they liked it or not. What, this podcast? Oh, fuck yeah. I mean, we don't care if they like it or not. Fair. I care. I mean, I care a little bit. Guys. I don't give a fuck. See, he doesn't. See, well, let's be honest. I, care, I have but. I have people on that I think are amazing and interesting, and that I think that other people would want to listen to conversations. Also, because other podcasts book them, and you want them on your show too. I mean, that's true. That's not. That's not true. I, first of all, let's go back here. I I was on your podcast before. How hard was that to get you on the fucking podcast? Why was that so difficult? <laughs> Well, because Canada mm-hmm. is a bunch of cunts and they don't, wouldn't let me cross the border without trying to throw me so in a concentration bitch, camp. So you were being a little bitch and you didn't want to do it over Zoom because you were like, how much, how much better, Zoom. how much better is the in-person? Not saying it's not better. I'm how just much saying better it's is doable. the in-person? Not, how much better is the in-person? You're not answering the question. I'm not saying that it's not better. I'm saying that it's different and it doesn't mean it couldn't be it done. Sucks. Oh, okay. Balls. Well, it got good ratings. Case where, huh? It was fine. Yeah, the, I guess it's fine if you audio, want to live in a v- virtual world of fucking Zoom shit. I don't, but that's how I got shit done. And you can't fucking say I was not effective from the goddamn moment I started that podcast and who I booked, so don't even. That's cr- that's true. Yeah. Absolutely. Everything you just said was true. I know. Because I, I, don't, I don't do the lies. And I was the second best decision, followed by the first best decision, which we're going to have to like get him and I together 
Mm-hmm. I would love that. I just, okay. So that we can have the ultimate coup de gras. Just waiting for you dickheads to get it together. Okay. I mean, you, you plan it, I'll show up. You're, remember what we talked about? How Brady people, just shook his head yes. Don't. I'll pl- don't. You plan it, you I'll show up. This yeah. is why you can't sit here. Yeah. This is not two on one on my fucking episode. <laughs> this is not cool. What are you talking about? He just was agreeing with what I had to say. Don't you fucking shrug your shoulders. <laughs> I You're love such it. A dick. So awesome. You're such a dick. But it was it was great. We are very grateful that you had us here and Alex for having us and all your fun toys we've got to play with. Don't give him compliments. He's Asian. He can't He's, handle he it. He can fucking handle it. He can't it. fucking he handle it. He deserves it. I'm going to start hitting him up you on Instagram and be gonna, like. You can only beat him down. You can't build him up. I'm going to build him up. You can't. I'm going to. He doesn't know how to deal with that. Well, he added me to Instagram. You I'm going to make seen, his life real You should have seen how awkward he was last night when I was giving him compliments about how good of a job he was doing. He like, I like that. He was shrieking in terror and tried to like... Some of my favorite moments in my lifetime have been making people feel uncomfortable. I mean, he was... I, I, I aim for it on a daily basis yeah, to make people it. uncomfortable. Yeah. There's something so satisfying by watching someone's face just, oh, why? Tally does it like on a, on a regular basis. Like me just saying her name on this podcast is going to freak her the fuck out. She hates it. Hates it because she wants to always be in the background. Calling you yeah. out, Tally. You and that sweet ass. Yeah, she knows about it. Oh, man. Oh, fucking man. Dude, she's, you got to understand. Oh, she works really hard on herself and I'm fucking proud of her. And so I call her out all the time. She's like, don't talk about me. I will. Done. Done. Just happened. Happened. Tally, how do you feel about that? She hates it. Done. I can tell you right now. I can feel her just going, I can feel it. She's saying something. She's saying something about me. Okay. Well, it happens. Here we are. Here we are. Okay, so where do you go next? I go to Clear Tot. Yep. And then you're gonna go see my old, my old compatriot. Hopefully, we can get that fixed up. And then <laughs> what? What needs to get fixed? You need to get back on Clear Tot. I mean, that's not my problem. You need to tell him that. That I just fucking said. What are you gonna say to him tomorrow? I think you were a great addition, but if Bishop's being a dick, great addition. Oh, if I'm being a dick, if I'm being a dick. No, you're how not. about? Hey, chill. I hit a button. See, it told you. There was no button. There was no button. There we go, everybody. Remember how I said it earlier on in the show and Bishop thinks that he can't just... Yeah, that was easy. It's no button. See, it's so much easier when you just don't realize it's even happening. No button. Yep. Agency and all. Really worked out for you, buddy. It's a neat story. Cute story. But seriously. um, Okay, I'm going to fly... I'm going to fly a drone to your car. I go to clear it hot. I'm going to put a magnetic shape charge on it fantastic i go to cleared hot and then we go to san uh san diego and we do um potty mouth podcast and i do one more um and then on monday i go to do jocko yay jocko freaking the fuck out dun, dun, dun. he's so much bigger than me i'm terrified that photo is gonna be hilarious fucking half his size like at best i'm his, excited his quad is like my waist right it's intimidating. His size is intimidating. I'm excited to meet his wife, though. She's a sweetheart. So, I hope you enjoy all of that. I'm, and I'm excited to listen to all of those podcasts. And you're going to nitpick it till you're fucking blue in the face. Yeah, of course I'm going to tell you you suck the whole time. That's okay. It's okay. You don't have to tell if me. Brady's, whatever Brady's on it is amazing. Whatever you're on sucks. And this is where I stand, everybody. All right. It's well, because you're a girl. Thanks for having me, man. You're welcome. Here we are. Ready to go to the airport? Let's do it. Okay. Brassandunity.com. Do it. Bye. Brass and Unity. Go check it out. That's it. Okay. I'm out. See everybody soon. Goodbye.
And there you have it, folks. I told you that was a barn burner. If you didn't enjoy that, there's something wrong with you because very rarely do I listen to a podcast and make myself laugh. So that was a great little segment and she did a fantastic job. And I'm so thankful to have her in my life as a friend because she is, I mean, as you can tell, she's quite sassy, but also an amazing human who's got a heart of gold and will give people the shirt off her back if they are great people. So super happy to have her in my life. Um, enjoy. Enjoy your week. We're going to keep going down the road. So I hope you uh, enjoyed this podcast. I know I did. And we will see you guys on Wednesday for Weapons Free Wednesday. Enjoy.